Welcome to the Ether. Today is Friday, September 9th, 2022. Today on the Ether, a CFI space. Part 1 of 2 When Full Moon, Luna, Lunk, and Atom Astrology Charting. Let's take a listen. So we're thinking, you know, I think Home was saying, hmm, maybe we should get like, you know, BitBoy Crypto or some shit like that in here. Wouldn't that be fun? But if you want to send it to zero, that, that would be I got ideal some, approach. I got some alpha for you guys. Whoever is here now, here's some alpha. Do you want some alpha? Do a love heart emoji if you want some alpha. That's like two of us. All right. Well, the other ones, just, just close your ears, don't listen. The alpha is that uh, Jacob on the, the osmosis side and Edward Kim on the rebel side intend to reopen IBC at some point. I don't know when, could be tomorrow, it could be months from now, it could be 10 years from now. However, when it happens, then then USTC and Luna, sorry, USTC and Lunk caught on osmosis in different places will be transferable back to the Lunk blockchain. Right now, USTC on osmosis frontier is trading at about one sixth the value of what it is on Terra. So yeah, I bought a fuckload. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm aware of this process. Uh, there is a bit of tech stuff that needs to happen in the background, um, potentially governance proposals yep. on both sides. Uh, you will need to, uh, to re-enable the IBC client. They'll need to go through governance. Uh, I would suggest that it will pass on the osmosis side um, because they don't like to you know, steal funds from people. And by not allowing IBC, they would be trapped forever. Yeah. Um, so is it on? Is what? What, uh, what I've heard is that the osmosis side is basically done, and it's just a question of when Terra Rebels has the man hours to, to fix it up. Correct. And if I know Jacob as well as I do, uh, as long as he's in contact with Rebel, he will donate his time to make that happen. And yep. he is a very, very good Cosmos developer. So uh, I, have, I would suggest that there is a strong chance that it will happen if Jacob's involved. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as Rebel is it on Frontier right now? Is it on osmosis? Though? So, on- what you need to do the whole the whole process for anyone who's never done this kind of thing before um, is you go to a centralized exchange and you buy Atom, and then you get Kepler Wallet. You make a new account if you don't have one already. You you send your Atom to Kepler Wallet, and then you go to Frontier and you deposit your Atom. Um, and then after you deposit it, you go to pools and you put in Atom to USTC, and you'll get a live feed of the prices. And it's right now it's about a sixth of what it is elsewhere. So it's like a, it's a bet that it might take a while um, and it might even not happen. But at the same time, if it does, you'll get a 6x compared to what it is elsewhere. I mean, if, if the prices stay, you know, around the same. Obviously, even within that pool, you can get price action and stuff. Um, and you can also yeah. have the possibility of it not ever connecting. So, And, and just on that, to, to 
put a side of caution on it. I would suggest that the available supply on the osmosis side compared to what's available on the overall blockchain is probably substantially less. So if you are going to take that opportunity, just be careful of how much and what the slippage might be um, because the IBC yeah. gets disabled relatively quickly. So the supply on the osmosis chain is probably quite low with regards to the trillions that are available on uh, classic chain. I think it's both ways as well, right? So, so people have had their assets kind of on either chain. So it's like there's incentive both directions. Yeah, there's even some, uh, there's a bunch locked on uh, the Juno chain uh, and the Juno swap decks. Its price is not uh, as, uh, as low as the Osmosis side, but there's definitely Luna and, and UST trapped on the, the Juno side as well. So um, I would think that both IBC will be enabled for Osmo and Juno. Uh, and that'll enable transfers to the Terra blockchain, but ultimately that will also enable transfers to a central exchange. So uh, people can then swap it out, do whatever they want with it, uh, balance the pools, and then just trade it like it's a normal asset. Yeah, I, yeah. I was going to ask as well. I don't really understand these things properly, but um, uh, what's stopping me sending USTC from? Oh, never mind. Never mind. I've got it now. Actually. Uh... You know who just dropped by a second ago was Daniel Keller from the. Uh, he's one of the co-founders of Flux Network. I was going to see if he can drop back by because <laughs> uh, he might have some alpha for us. Are there any other potential routes than sending it just back to um, the Terra chain? Like, could it somehow be be sent to an exchange if something is done? Yeah, yeah. So that's by by enabling IBC, uh, essentially what happens is. Uh, you enable the transfer of that asset to Terra addresses, uh, and those Terra addresses will exist on central exchanges. I'm assuming. I haven't looked. If you have an yeah. asset to Terra, you do have a Terra account on like Binance and Bybit and stuff. Yep. I'm assuming. Yep. So instead of sending it to uh, the Terra blockchain, in in a sense that it's going onto the chain, you can then stake it. Perfectly fine option. You can send it straight from Osmosis straight to a Terra address on a central exchange and sell it. Would that still require? Do. Would that still require the the upgrade from Terra Rebels? And yes, it does. Yeah. Okay. So a- anything IBC, which is sending from one chain to another chain, uh, a-, a different address, so uh, Osmosis address to a Terra address, requires IBC uh, enablement, which is how they do that transfer. Got it. So it's basically reliant on Terra Rebels upgrading and doing the proposal and stuff. Okay. What kind yeah, of sli- what kind of slippage do you see today? Sorry, um, there will also be one on the osmosis side. They have a process, three days, chat about it, make sure there's everyone's in agreement on Commonwealth, and then uh, the, I think it's five days for the proposal to be passed. So we're looking at you know a minimum a week, uh, probably longer than that, um, before it actually gets enabled. But uh, I would say that you know as long as the communications are open, that process will start and it will happen within the next couple of weeks. So it could be more than a six x. What kind of slippage are you seeing right now on the uh, on the trade? I'm going to look now. I I did mine earlier, <laughs> and then I told loved ones, and then I told you, Sefi. That's funny. <laughs> also, if anyone wants to like have a look around and poke around, hey, what the Terrace Places is recording this alpha? I thought this was secret alpha. What's going on here? Um, yeah, if you have a poke around on the ecosystem, there are many many things like this. Mm, let me see if I can, like, if some of my uh, fresh atom that I got. Oh yeah, I've got some that's uh, cleared the 
what do you call it? The like the banking thing. I'm gonna send big pile of Adam to uh Hold on, let my girlfriend buy first. <laughs> did um did you get in touch with uh Tender Met Timmy? He was trying to figure out how to get a validator for stuff spun up for Spark for um for I guess on Juno, I guess. So he was looking for people to like maybe contribute like 20k at a time or something like that to kind of build that up quickly. Uh no, he didn't message me. Seems uh Spark's a good project. I think that's their team is worthwhile to kind of like fund a bunch of good kids. So let me see here if I can I had this like Adams all ready to get like some Juno for buying some of that shit for him. <laughs> I might do this first. <laughs> Hold on, you know, I, I need to let my girlfriend buy some. Addy needs to buy some. Okay. Yeah, what am I buying? Have Addy's. More Adam? You're going to walk her through how to do this? This is a, like a really fucking obscure way to get in crypto. <laughs> weird fucking maybe ARBs on these weird fucking wallets. Man, you guys have, uh, you guys have really got to embrace the, the wider cosmos a, a little bit more. You, you're all like, what are these weird wallets and swaps and transfers? You're all just used to a terror station and one. No, no, no. Right? We've, we've, I've done this before. I've, I've used Osmos and everything. <laughs> I'm just okay, wondering, okay. like, <laughs> uh, hold up. I'm, I'm just kind of getting this done here while we're talking. <laughs> Why not, right? Are you guys actually like, doing like, like real crypto stuff I, uh, right now? Whispers about this and the price was like yeah. 85 or something. It's, it was like 16 the last time I looked at it. I'm like, oh, it's probably gone past my limit now. Next time I look at it, it'll be like 45 or something. Is, uh, is Addy here talking? Because I can only see it connecting. I might have to drop off. I don't know. Can you guys hear me speaking? I can, yeah. This yep. thing happened earlier. Can you hear her at the moment, Rama? No, it just says she's connecting. I'll, uh, I'll be back. Reconnect, yeah. Oh, jeez, I got to do the authenticator and all this other bullshit. Hold on. <laughs> uh, one sec. Yeah, I don't know if like, people understood what we're talking about or not. <laughs> but uh, these little arbs are fun. Well, that's the idea. Like I was, I didn't think many would understand what the fuck I'm on about, but the ones who do shall benefit largely. Authenticator code bullshit. Okay, <clears throat> here we go. All right. Yeah, so I got uh, my Adam sent where it needs to go. Are you going from a centralized exchange or what? Yeah, because I like the Adam I already have is basically staked, so uh, I don't want to mess with that, obviously. So let's see if I can make this work. All right, so. I might run this through all of you once again. Uh, also, I, I might do something sneaky. I might educate everyone on lockdown. I might say, you know, this possibility exists. Uh, it's not a guarantee, but it does exist because, you know, it's, it's fair to educate everyone about ARBs, isn't it, Sefi? Mm-hmm. They're actually sort of a service to the ecosystem, aren't they? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Like, um, Obviously, it's not guaranteed, but uh, everyone deserves to know. And, uh, you know, when they, when they do know, it probably go back to near peg. All right, let's see here. Um, so you basically go to your osmosis assets. And it's like a button over there. Osmosis is still pretty, it's still pretty wonky for, like, uh, <laughs> the average user. I mean, it's kind of... A lot of features about it, they're still kind of not like really obvious, I guess. And the funny uh, thing is, the, uh, the osmosis UI is the best UI 
in the cosmos outside of the, the existing terror stuff that was there. So oh, it's yeah. kind of uh, funny how big the gap is between like terror and the, and the wider cosmos. So it'll work through that. No, sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's good. It's just like uh, still for like an average user who like just shows up, right? It's, there's a lot of components of it that just aren't as straightforward as you might imagine like yeah. a transaction would be. Interchain accounts just can't come soon enough, right? Like depositing your at, your at, uh, your atom, and it's just there on Osmosis. Like you don't need to deposit it; you just send it to the wallet. It's there. You can then just go straight to swaps or straight to pool. I don't know how much is in this pool, but it's. I think it's quite a lot. It's not small. Like I think it's a couple million or something in here. Don't know, Rama. Do you are you able to explore how much liquidity there is and stuff? Yeah, I'll just have a look now. Okay, so I'm going to take this atom, and I'm going to. Now I got it in my assets thing. Let's kind of play around here. Um, hey, co- hey, coach. Will these arbs and technical trades elongate my penis? Uh, that is a, a side effect, but it's not the main goal. The goal is to arb. So uh, let's say we do a thousand USD as as an example. Uh, you'll have about a four point five percent slippage. Uh, and you'll get nine hundred and fifty-four dollars worth of Lunar Classic, which is six point six million Lunar Classic. What's the available pair here? Is there an atom pair? You on uh, frontier? You don't, so you don't need to pair it. You can just go straight to swap, and the the decks will do the swap for you. So there, front, there may front, be more slippage doing it that way, but let me. Oh, let me, it's on frontier. Let me run it yes. through everyone before, again. So um, there are nat- there are terror assets locked on Osmosis right now because of the closure of IBC. So if you have um, USTC or I think Lunk as well on Osmosis right now, it's like a significant underpricing considering if it opens the IBC channels again. So in order to do that, you need to buy Atom and send it from an exchange to your Kepler wallet. And then you need to connect your Kepler wallet to frontier.osmosis.zone and then deposit your assets. So deposit Atom. And then after you've deposited your assets, you go to swap and put in Atom to USTC. And then you'll see that you can buy USTC at about uh, 20% the price of where it is elsewhere. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Pretty nice. Yeah, the price is currently triple zero one four two. All right. Yeah. So it's like six something on chain, right? Yeah, and I didn't go crazy with it. I'm just kind of like having fun, so we'll see how it goes. But yeah, it's it's basically like so. What an arbitrage basically is uh, for anyone who doesn't understand, like basically is this idea that like if you're on one exchange or another, the, there's a price difference between two separate exchanges. So let's say you were to go to, I'll just give a simple example. Like let's say uh, Adam was like sixteen dollars on one exchange, and it was like say $16.20 on another one and you could buy it for $16 on one and then go send it to the other and like sell it for 20% profit, something like that. Right. Uh, it's basically this concept of like a risk-free trade. Now with um, decentralized exchanges and everything, you can get uh, like much more discrepant differences between them. So there's like people that just constantly just find these like little tricks and then just keep on trading those. And uh, essentially try to make like free money. Now, the risk on this one is like you're still waiting for the USTC to be fixed. 
in the sense that like you can't get USTC off of osmosis right now. But let's say you could. You could get it back. Um, yeah, let's say IBC gets fixed. I'm sorry. Uh, and you can get your USTC back to the Terra blockchain, uh, the Terra classic blockchain. Then you could ultimately send it like to KuCoin, for example. And you could Just sell it. Quickly jump in, Sefi. Mm-hmm. If you think USTC, I would suggest you probably want to add the Luna Classic coin, maybe not USDC. Or both. I, I haven't looked at the USDC, but yeah, you can do both. Yeah, What's either- the, the Lunk one trading at? Trading at? Well, Lunk is 0014, and it's like six something on chain, right? 0006. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it depends because you could also argue that, that Lunk has pumped a huge amount. It's done a 15x lately. Um, and the next narrative is, is USTC. So up to you. Well, well that's, that's the point, right? That's the arm because uh, it's triple zero one four on Osmosis and it's triple zero six or triple zero eight on any centralized exchange. Yeah, yeah. With USTC. Am I blind? Why am I not seeing USTC as a swap option? What are, what are you on? Are you on Frontier.Osmosis? Oh, Frontier. I'm sorry. Gotcha. So it's like the non-standard listed ones or something. I haven't explored Osmosis, but it's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm just on regular Osmosis, my bad. Yeah, so yeah. Frontier.Osmosis.Zone. And then um, you send Atom to your Kepler wallet, connected to there, and then... Um, deposit your assets. Like on the left-hand side, there's assets. Go to deposit, deposit your asset, um, Atom, and it'll connect it over IBC. And then uh, you go to swap and just put in USDC. Uh, and for those who use Kepler mobile app, uh, it's available inside the mobile app. Just under, uh, if you go to the globe, there's all the different DEXs and Frontiers right at the bottom. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward in the mobile app. Um... The only only unusual thing is like if you're an end user, you you've never played with this before, right? You assume that like your money is visible, whether you're on the Kepler, your Atom wallet, or whether you're on Osmosis or whatever, and that's not the case. Like they, all these little uh, dexes for Osmosis and such are at the bottom on in your Kepler app, but they're not actually technically like directly linked in a way to your wallet. You have to actually transfer your atom from your primary wallet over to this thing to do this. Um, and it's, it's like a different address inside the um, sort of like asset pools or whatever in osmosis. So that's, that's what's kind of weird about the, this extra step is not obvious to someone who's never like played with, you know, this system before, like they've uh, definitely made a lot of attempts to kind of like simplify that, but there are a couple of steps you have to learn to sort of sort it out. But that's why Addy's probably going to be confused. He's going to be like, what the hell is this thing? Like, why doesn't this work? Like, yeah. why? Yeah. I, I, is Addy even, like, paying attention to this? She's laughing. She's laughing at the nerds. <laughs> I'm sort of, I'm paying a little bit of attention. She's paying attention because when I told her to buy Adam, it was like, I don't know, like 11 bucks or something. And now it's like 16. So she's like, wait, hmm. Yeah, Steffi's so uh, making me money. So she's like, maybe, maybe we should uh, <laughs> have listened sooner or something, right? Yeah, maybe I should have. Maybe you should have told me sooner. I mm-hmm. bought it as soon as you told me to. Yeah, you did actually. It's funny. Yeah, I'm a good listener. Um, just for anyone who may not be aware, you can go to support.osmosis.zone. Just please make sure it's the right address. And they've got like really nice how-to guides on like how to deposit, how to do swaps, how to connect the wallet and stuff. So just if those who may not be able to just do it off voice, go check that out. 
Yeah, I was noticing like um, Ethan Buckman doesn't usually post very much uh, on Twitter. And he kind of like did like this makes Adam to the king kind of thing. And I think Zaki was posting that I think we're going to have like Adam version two or whatever they want to call it. Like it's going to be like within like by the end of the month, which is pretty impressive. So like I think, uh, yeah, I think the the fireworks are kind of getting ready to begin. I think uh, it's just like stupid, like all last year, this last year and like with Luna's drama that actually like Adam didn't pick up and it didn't get to like. You know, it should really be like top three, right? It should be right after Ethereum, quite frankly. But like the Cosmos uh, ecosystem, folks, everyone's kind of been like fucking around and like not like promoting it properly, in my opinion. And like, um, I think we need to change that. Like, I think it doesn't matter what chain you're on, doesn't matter what you're doing. Like, everyone should be kind of like getting Adam to go up because then you'll get like all the attention we need to kind of bring, you know, cash flow into the ecosystems. And really, I think that's going to be a much, much more effective way to bring like money into the cosmos than it is to like try to pitch Juno or whatever. Like that, that'll happen no matter what as time goes on. But like, uh, like the crypto space needs a narrative, like the, the meme coiners need a narrative, whatever. Right. Like people want to go jump on something they can easily get, like Addy did on, you know, on Coinbase or something. And they need to be able to like, um, like be successful with it. So, you know, I think it's, uh, I, I think it's the choice for like, like whatever you want to call it, the shillable coin or whatever. And I think uh, we need to like retain that focus in my opinion, but whatever. Yeah. And I think it's hard too, right? Like Ethan Buckman, as an example, he's uh, the president of the, the Interchange Foundation and CEO of the company that kind of runs uh, the various organizations that make uh, the Cosmos uh, software, right? So um they, the developers of the SDK all fall under the Interchain Foundation. So they're in charge of building it all. They don't do marketing at all, really. <laughs> um, don't really know what the answer to that is. I guess they're all just devs, so they do dev stuff. Um, but, you know, the Adam hasn't really had a use case other than staking and securing the chain and developing the software. Uh, and Adam 2.0, by the sounds of things, is introducing that use case. So... I think we'll see a switch from the Atom and Cosmos perspective over the next 12 to 18 months. Uh, now they've developed 2.0 uh, interchain securities coming, which brings value to you know Atom stakers. And IBC has adopted a lot more in the last you know 12 months where uh, we're going to have interchain accounts, we're going to have interchain queries, which is all the user experience stuff that will make it a lot easier um, and will drive a lot more adoption. You just can't get away without promoting. Like everywhere you look, you see Solana, you see yeah. Now, don't don't get me wrong. I don't I don't think we need to necessarily have like them sit around as like, you know, figureheads and shit chilling and whatever. Like, uh, that's not kind of what I think needs to happen. But it'd be nice to kind of be able to sort of like, uh, for people that like to talk about it, whether it's on Spaces, what's on YouTube, whatever. Right? You want to be able to have like a, you know, I don't know, some kind of story to tell, some kind of like, um, you know, like. Um, maybe some like brief interactions out there again with like the community somehow. And, you know, just kind of be able, like people need to be able to identify what the story is, uh, what they need to tell their friends and family, that kind of thing. Right. And, and so far, like, I don't know, it's kind of fragmented and I think we all need to work on that, but whatever. <laughs> I think if we do that, I think it's going to help everybody ultimately. Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. It's, uh, you know, there, there needs to be this cosmos wide approach of, uh, talking about it and a lot of it is just the tech at the moment there's not like 
a great amount of you know user use cases um, within the ecosystem. There's you know small little fragments on each chain, like the Stargaze Marketplace, um, you know Stash App on Secret, or um, you know Raccoon and Gelato on, on Juno as examples of like stuff users can use in the Osmosis decks. But for your average user uh, like Terra, you know there was Anchor where you could go in there and put your money and get yield and um, you know, there was 15 different marketplaces that, you know, promoted themselves and it was huge. And there was one approach to delivering that outcome. Um, we don't really have that with the wider Cosmos space. And I think, you know, we, we need leaders in the community to kind of take up some of that. And we also need the leaders of the development to jump into those spaces and be present. And I think we're seeing that recently, like Timmy's posted a bunch of spaces. Um, who was it? It was uh, Jack was on one the other day, um, Jack Zamplin. It was on one the other day. Um, I can't remember who it was with. Yeah, so they are getting a bit more. Yeah, it was you. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are starting to get out a little bit more and talk about that stuff a little bit more. I think it's hard to get people like Zachy and and Ethan because they're you know very uh, business focused and hardcore developers. Uh, it's even hard to get Jack. So you've done well there. Um, but Jack is very approachable. So uh, yeah, yeah he said he'd be. He's kind of interested in doing like a weekly thing, like a little podcast style spaces, which I think would be fun. Because, uh, you know, like when you get to folks that are really like at that deep level, right, they can they can kind of like describe the vision a little bit better. They can kind of decide they can kind of talk about like who they are and like why they built this whole thing and why anyone could, should give a fuck. Right. Like it's like uh, like, you know, what is the philosophy behind it? Like all of that. So I think that's kind of fun discussion to have with these people. So, Addy, did you have a chance to sort of like sort out my uh, like star chart or whatever yeah i i took some time tonight to look into it a little bit more so yes i did so like <laughs> the so as a as a kind of a science guy addy like <laughs> here's how i think of something like this right like first off like my first impression is oh, okay like uh maybe it's bullshit right like that's my <laughs> first thing so that's just my like 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 uh honest uh what do you call it like uh like thought when it comes to like, you know, these types of things, right. but, and, and like the way a scientist thinks about it is okay. Like, all right. If, if, if you give a, like, let's say a fortune teller or something like that, an astrologer or whatever, if you give them a thousand, um, like maybe, uh, you know, charts or whatever, mm-hmm. um, how accurately, uh, you know, can they like predict certain features or outcomes or something like that? Right. So what you would yeah. do is the way you design an experiment would be like, all right, you'd give like uh, 500 people, you know, uh, like you, you'd give the person like, I don't know, like, I don't know, fake information and maybe 500 people of worth of real information. And you, then you just kind of see like what happens, right? That's theoretically the idea. And so you mm-hmm. kind of design what we call like a controlled study and whatever. And then you figure out uh, whether the, whether the thing actually works or not. Sort of like, you know, it's like when you take a drug, right? Like there's like placebo yeah, controlled like trial and all that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Stephanie, so, you're so analytical about all of this, but yeah, your so, chart like could have told me as much. So Okay. All right. Yeah. Like but carry on. Yeah. Just like I want to see what what but well, yeah, it's fun. I think look, like I think it's fun to know what other people are. Um but I'm not like super like, you know, like crazy about it. I just think it's interesting. But I do sort of like in your line of thinking, like I would, my response would be, I think that a lot of this stuff that is said is general enough that most people could probably, you know, find some like 
common ground in it. So I don't know. I was I would say like it's like something that should be taken with a grain of salt, I guess. Yeah, but, but it's just like I, it's just fun, thing I've, you know. Yeah, the other thing I've noticed with like people in general, right? Like yeah. there are people that are like genuinely kind of fatalists, and um, <laughs> there's kind of like a like what I mean by that is like it's more of a belief in kind of destiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more of a belief like uh, you know like the you know the nature of your either personality or um, or uh, you know, the future is kind of like written from the beginning, like, like the universe is like this clockwork of some kind. Right. And there's people that like really, really, um, I don't know, maybe they're just born that way or whatever, but they're very heavy into this idea. Like, um, I don't know if you look at like when people say like, Oh, it was the will of Allah or something like that. Right. Like they said that what they mean to say is like, well, like this happened, but like it was God's will. It was whatever, you know? So people use this sort of language and, um, and they get really like, um caught up in that like we see it like um i don't know i I see it kind of like in the medical thing you know and because you're dealing with life and death all the time right so people try to justify why they're like you know parent or kid or whatever who's died Mm -hmm. and they like there's certain people that really get into that sort of like modality right so you have to be careful like what you say to them because like you almost uh can plant this seed in their head that winds up like uh i don't know making them feel guilty about themselves or some other, you know, type of thing. Like, Oh, it was, you know, destiny, but it was like, you know, I'm cursed or something like that. So then what they end up assuming is like (laughs) that it's their fault because, you know, you know, the stars or whatever, you know, are not aligned for them. And so therefore they brought their evil eye or something down on their family or something like that. But anyway, yeah. So go ahead. (laughs) So just kind of my take on the fatalists. I guess like, do you want me to just like walk through it? Yeah, maybe tell 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 the gang like what you had okay. me do and like what what we're talking about even. Okay, so I sent Sefi last night um a link to um a birth chart like uh builder, calculator, whatever. Um so the way that it works for people that are not familiar with astrology is you put in um like the time you were born, the time zone you were born in, you know, the date, whatever. And then it spits back out um your sun sign, your rising sign, your moon, your Mars, like a whole list of things. But I am not like, like I said, like super deeply into it or super crazy knowledgeable of it. So I think the most important ones that people generally say to look at are your big six. So that's your sun, your moon, your Mercury, your Mars, your Venus, and your rising sign. And then those all have like each category has sort of a different aspect of life that they're associated with. And depending on what sign you have in that planet um, sort of dictates, you know, maybe how you view your life um, in, in respective to those categories. Now the little, the little images that it spit out, right. It had like little like degree, like, you know, say something like Sagittarius and have some degrees and some like, Mm -hmm. like mathematical shit going on. Is that, is that like the location of like a constellation somewhere or something? Yeah. It's basically like how it's aligned, like relative to like, um, the other planets. So like, I think I was talking about yesterday, how you can be like a cusp. Um, so you could be like on the border of like one sign and another, and you're more likely to like share traits with that sign or maybe like you don't completely fit the sign that you're in because of that so the the degrees and stuff have have some stuff to do with that but that's like a little bit more complicated but you can look up actual like natal charts which show 
like the position of the planets and the stars, like, um, and those are pretty interesting. And then there's also like, um, I think it's, what is it called? Like cartography or something like that, like showing like different aspects of the planets and like where they fall relative to like a map of the earth. And it basically shows like some people think it can predict like where important events in your life would happen or um, like stuff like that, or where you're more likely to see success in certain areas of your life based on, you know, the planetary alignment with those like locations, which is pretty interesting. So like, um, would that be like a thing where like, uh, it'll say, Oh, like you need to go to, I don't know, like, uh, the North shore of Maui. Yeah, and, it, um, <laughs> <laughs> and so like I go to North shore of Maui and like, you know, get some nice food at the like <laughs> well, at the little restaurant there. And then, yes, and then maybe I'll of. like be successful somehow if I go there. <laughs> well, the like thought process, I think for a lot of people, it was more like, okay, if my like, um, I, I can't even remember what they're called, but there's like a formula that you put in, like if these certain like lines in my chart, um, wh- wherever they intersect, like maybe this is the area of my life where like I'll find the most success. Like if I move there, I'll be most successful or like maybe I'll find like, you know, my soulmate or if you believe that stuff or like whatever. Um, so like, it's sort of like, that's like, re- <laughs> that's like really sort of like getting into the weeds of it. But um, so like Oops. your big six, it kind of reminds me though what Bruce said, like you know how like if you, when you go on a vacation or something, and um, you know you 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 get an experience that like maybe you don't normally have, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you go to a really kind of you know a country that's really really different. Um, I forget who was mentioning that before, not Rama, but um, one of the other raccoon kids here, like <laughs> like mentioning something the other day about um, about like if you go to like uh, like a Southeast Asian country or something, you know, where like the this culture and everything's so different that like, you know, you wind up having like a wildly different experience. Your mind's in a different place. You think differently than you normally would all of that. Right. So maybe like, uh, people that do that kind of thing, they go to certain destinations, right? Like maybe it, it'll, it'll eventually change you. Cause like you'll have a different experience than maybe mm-hmm. you would have had if you just stayed home. Yeah. I mean, I think there's some like, you know, I, I don't think it's like complete, you know, bullshit. Like I, I can see where it's coming from. And like, you know, if you believe in this stuff and you do believe like maybe, you know, certain personality traits of yours or whether or not it's dictated by stuff like this, but more um, impactful on your life than others, then like maybe you are better suited to like certain areas, you know, um, so I don't know. I don't think it's like, I, I don't fully believe all of it, but I think that there are certain things that like, I think when I look at myself and maybe it's just sort of like, I don't know, some sort of like confirmation bias. Cause I'm hearing it. And then I'm like, Oh, I have those qualities, but yeah. Um, like a, like a power of suggestion kind of thing. Like, yeah. Oh, you're going to have a really great time in Maui. Right. And you're like, and you go there and you're like, Oh, you know what? The chart said I'm going to have an amazing time in Maui. So then now mm-hmm. you go there. <laughs> yeah. And, I can't and you remember, actually do. Like, um, like what mine said, like what area it was, but it was somewhere like I've never been before and like probably will never go. So, but it would have been super cool if it was like, oh, you're going to be like most successful in New York. And then I definitely would have been like, oh my God, it's so true. Like, look at that. <laughs> it's right. But you, you know what I found is also kind of interesting. Like when you go to a place, uh, like, you know, when you, I don't know, like you have a mission to buy something, like let's say you're going to find art, right? You go to Santa Fe, New Mexico or something like that. You're looking for mm-hmm. art or 
or you're going to San, San, you know, San Francisco looking for art. You're specifically going there for that reason, right? Um, it's a very different experience when you're on a mission, which is kind of interesting. So yeah. like, like you said, like, let's say this place that it told you to go, right, is in some fucked up place in the world. And you just kind of make it the whole thing to go there just because. Like, I don't know, it's almost like you, it's like taking a risk, right? You're, you could have gone here, here, and here, but instead you went to what's on the chart, right? So it's like, you're, you're paying way more attention to what happens to you when you get there. Yeah. You're totally more present. And it's also like, you definitely probably, I mean, probably consciously, but also sub definitely subconsciously at least really want it to like work. And you want like, I mean, it's like what you said, like about like stories, like everything is stories. I don't know if anyone's ever um, read Joan Didion, but like she has this quote and it's, we tell ourselves stories in order to live. And so it's just another one of those things where it's a story that you're telling yourself and you, you know, of course, desperately want it to be true because it brings some sort of meaning to, you know, life and stuff like that. So I think, um, it's definitely like, yeah, it could just be like, maybe you're putting in, um, like more effort when you're in these places or, you know, if you're going somewhere like, Oh, this is like, I need to find my soulmate here. Cause they, it said like the map said, well, you're probably going to like start going on more dates or something like that. So I don't know. I just think, you know, who really knows, but it's definitely interesting. Um, so do you yeah, want to hear like what I found with your chart? Yeah, yeah, or? for sure. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, so, like just, let's just kind of lead up. This is the lead up to this. So I can yeah, figure yeah. out what I'm going to do with this it's, information, it's the, right? Like primer. Yeah. Um, okay. So one thing I noticed first, that's like really kind of almost a little bit frightening, um, but it's fine, is your chart is just all, well, your big six are just all water and air. And so there's four elements. You have earth, fire, air, and water. And normally you like to see like some kind of sort of balance. Um, you do not have that, <laughs> which is fine. But it just means that like you're probably generally more like the um, sort of like culmination of all of that is that all of the traits of each sign that you have are going to be even more intensified because you only have those elements. But like my chart is pretty much like all earth. So I feel you. Um, anyway, so your sun sign is in Scorpio. So your sun is sort of like, it's supposed to be like, you know, that's the sign that everybody knows. Like most people know what their sun sign is. Um, that's kind oh, of is like, that the one when people say, what's your sign? Like that's the one. Yeah. Like you're saying you're like what your sun sign is. Um, so your sun sign is in Scorpio. Um, which is a water sign. And so a lot of Scorpios are like, um, it's a sign that's kind of equated with intensity. So like very intense about the things that you're passionate about. Um, and it can sometimes manifest as somebody that's highly emotional. But in your case, I don't think that would be the case because you have an Aquarius moon, which opposes that. And that's like a very I think we talked about this a little bit, like it's a very logical sign to have. Um, but it's also Scorpio suns like um, associated with, you know, like a high drive to succeed, um, um, sort of some like drive for power, stuff like that. Like those are some of the general characteristics. Um, yeah, I think we talked about. Um, yeah, in my kind of in my line of work, like. Uh, it's like you wouldn't get into my line of work if you like got too emotional about things. Cause you'd get yeah. too wrapped up in that. Like imagine, 
my line of work is sort of like, imagine a plane's crashing and the <laughs> pilot has to make sure that they landed in the, I don't know, in the, in the water or something like in the Hudson, right? Like that dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and imagine that like, you know, the plane's always crashing, right? Like, do you really right. want the person who's just going to like, you know, scream like their hair's on fire? Or do you need someone that's like relatively sort of unemotional about that, right? That's kind of yeah. the, no, I, I guess, definitely maybe a description of like, like what I do. Want a doctor, especially if I were like in like critical care, I would not want my doctor to be emotional. So. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's like, like if someone dies every day, right? Like you, you, which is going to happen. It's just what, it's just the nature of the thing, right? You you can't get wrapped up in that like mm-hmm. because you, how are you going to see that other like 20 people or whatever right like you can't just get swallowed up by that uh so you can't get, like, you can't like you can't just take in like like other people's grief and stuff like that it's just not a thing yeah so i think like that for example like okay this is how i'd break it down you being a doctor and being in this like sort of specific career path that you're in that seems like a pretty like scorpio sun thing like very driven I would say like more high powered position, but then the, what probably makes you successful at it is, would be like the Aquarius moon, like the very like logic driven. So your moon sign is supposed to be sort of your, like um, your inner worlds, your emotional state and Aquarius moons have a reputation of like coming across like they're unemotional, which isn't necessarily the case. It's just that the way that they deal with emotions is incredibly different than the way that most people deal with emotions. So, you know, most people deal with emotions by like letting, letting the emotions rule them. Like that's how they feel them. But a lot of times Aquarius moons will like logic their way through emotions, which isn't something that a lot of people do. And that sort of comes across as it can be sort of like a little bit like enigmatic, like it's, I don't know, have like, it's just unusual for a lot of people to see somebody do something like that. But it makes sense that like, you know, you would, you would want somebody in your type of career to like, actually, that's probably better. Like I'll give you an example of like why in my particular area, like logic is actually more important. Um, So if you go to like, uh, imagine you go to a family doctor or a pediatrician or something, right? you have a little kid crying and oh their ears hurting whatever right like so like most of those cases like don't need antibiotics and things right like they just don't um it's like 95 percent of the prescriptions are unnecessary for something like that but the the parents like really want it right they're oh my god baby is crying and you know you don't want baby to cry and you don't want mom to be upset whatever right so you wind up sort of like just sometimes like they just sort of hand out antibiotics and such like candy because well like it's the emotional choice like it's the not the logical choice but just you just do it right Mm -hmm. just kind of like appeasing whereas in my line of work the opposite is true if like the less you do the better off you are and like the the more you try to do that kind of shit like the more like excess stuff you do like you you can cause all sorts of other like other harms that like for a long time people didn't understand but like the more we learned about it like okay we need to like you know use less drugs to sedate people and this and that, like things you wouldn't expect. Like if you use your emotional side, you'd think like keeping people on a ventilator on a coma is better. Right. But that's not actually Mm -hmm. true. It's actually better to let them keep moving and be awake. It's better for the brain. They kind of get off the ventilator quicker, that kind of thing. Right. So like the, the people that are more emotional about that, like who are sitting there watching people like flail around or whatever, they're going to want to drug these folks. Right. Like, but the logical side of it, you can't let that happen. So yeah, logic plus like, I don't know, it, it, 
the logic actually helps like solve problems in that particular arena that you can't just get too emotional about is that my point yeah that definitely makes sense um another thing i found interesting when i was looking at your chart is that you have a libra rising so actually you have a libra rising and a libra venus um which are air signs but so like libras i don't know if you've ever seen um a picture of like what the sign looks like, like the symbol for it. Um, but it's the scales. So it's like the sign of balance. Um, and I think that in sort of an abstract way, like Libras are very, um, attuned to sort of like beauty and balance, but not like, that doesn't mean like necessarily just physical. I mean, that's certainly an aspect of it, especially when you have like your Venus, which is the sign of like, um, love, not necessarily sex, but like love, family, and sort of that arena, but also friendship. Um, but I think when you also have your rising in it, you're very attuned to beauty, which I think makes sense because I've like when you talk about like tech and stuff like this, it's like you've talked about how there is like sort of an art and a beauty in it. And so I think that the ability to sort of like parse that out from something that to a lot of people doesn't seem like art or it doesn't seem like you know this like readily like you know be- like beautiful or whatever um yeah so it's, like, it's, it's like, kind of like saying like certain math things are beautiful or maybe yeah it's like this um, it's more this more like this deeper understanding of beauty i don't know if you've ever heard the quote where it's like um truth is beauty and beauty is truth but it's sort of like that understanding of beauty is really can be like really apparent in in like people with like um Libra placements because it's like I said like especially when you only have like water and air in your chart the intensity of the ways that that affects you are like even more amplified than somebody that might have a more balanced chart so I think I've definitely noticed that and thought that that was interesting um and then also like the um sort of um tendency towards like seeking balance I think that goes goes right hand in hand with like logic and the logic of like an Aquarius moon is you're seeking balance and a lot of that is like seeking balance through reason and like problem solving through reason rather than on the basis of you know emotion or something that's more one would maybe say like sort of um imbalanced or kind of um like sort of kind constantly in flux I guess in comparison to um, you know, the logical side. Yeah. yeah the rational side says to me, like, okay, all these different kind of like ideas you're throwing out, like, hmm, like, you know, who came up with this and, you know, <laughs> why are they the way they are? And like, you know, what led to their being the way that they are and all that kind of thing, right? Like, it's like, like the whole time I'm thinking it, uh, from the perspective of like, why, 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 right? Like, it's not like, yeah. Um, I'm not sitting there going, oh, um, you know, like, uh, this thing must be real. Cause it, it, uh, describes me, um, mm-hmm. in some way. Right. And then the, and the flip side, I'm like, wait a minute, like if we keep going down the list, like you could almost describe anybody. So the problem is like, well, you could Steffi, but maybe some people would not respond in that way when I'm talking about it. And maybe true. the reason you're responding is because <laughs> you're seeking that balance that rules you know, Libra placements. And a lot of times balance is found through, you know, investigation. It's like, it's like, you know, when 
you, it was like the Socratic method. Like you just keep asking questions until you get to the real root of it. That's seeking balance. So there's two ways to look at it. You could be saying like, sure. this, is, this is bullshit. Or you could be saying, oh, maybe my actions are like in some way influenced by some, you know, greater power. And this is how it's manifesting in the way that I am. You yeah, there's, there's also there's this two like, sides of the coin. <laughs> another, another weird thing is also like people have a need to kind of, um, if if they're told that like they're like, being is sort of like some sort of destiny their their will is not truly free they're um like you know there's this giant clockwork of like i you know stars that sort of like you know predict something about you there is a sort of like concept of like that feels almost like a cage in a way like oh you know I, i'm more free than that like i could change i can go from a libra mm -hmm. to this next week um people don't change that readily but like they believe they can and when they're told that they can't or maybe they're, they feel like they're shoehorned into some like, you know, uh, like, you know, some pattern or whatever, then there's this like tendency to rebel or get angry about it, which is interesting. Yeah, definitely. I think that goes sort of back to like when we were talking about like, I don't know, like a couple, well, hasn't been that long, maybe last week, like neuroplasticity and stuff like that. Like whether or not you think like any of your actions are really dictated, like if you actually have any like, you know self-determination over anything or if it's all kind of like predetermined but i don't know it all goes hand in hand did you change the name of the space or did coach do that kind of rude but it's fine well it's like it's like um <laughs> it's like i'm the fbi and i've wiretapped um, <laughs> private conversations and i'm just like sitting in the van on the street like wanking and like <laughs> <laughs> Well, well last, feels like? last time, um, yeah, instead yeah. of just wanking off, remember, you know what you did? You went and called that David Glockenstein dude or whatever. And then we had like this, like, like three or four hour, like rant session that went nowhere. And this time when coach messaged, he's like, Hey, let's do this like bedtime space. Like, like, so I thought, Oh, like maybe we'll all just like, like, like chill and kind of stay calm and fucking go to sleep. <laughs> but yeah, Anyway. I mean, anyone's free to jump in at any point, but I don't know. I didn't want to ruin like the the intimate reading. It's like it's right. like uh, Seppi's come to you for like a one hour paid session, like a hundred. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there wasn't really space. You know, you were both in your little like um, I don't know. It's like it's like you you live in a little velvet tent and you're giving readings on an oak table with your little tarot cards, and you're like, mm. hmm, it seems you've got the card of death. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, well, I mean, that's like how that's that's actually how my setup is right now. It's too bad there's not like video on spaces because I'm in a velvet tent actually, and there's an oak table in front of me and a bunch of mm -hmm. cards, and I'm like trying to like be very calm about it. But what I'm seeing in Steffi's chart is really concerning, so I'm just trying to make him feel better. Hey, you know what? We ha we haven't had Natasha over here before. Uh, uh, Natasha, what do you think about this uh, this drama here? <laughs> Uh, the drama that you're a Scorpio sun with a Libra rising or what? I'm confused. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you know something about this sort of thing? Uh, yes, I do. As someone with lots of Scorpio placements with a Capricorn stallium. Stellium, sorry. Um, yeah, sorry, dude, about having a Scorpio in your chart. Best to you. 
wait, am I screwed or something? Like, what does he this actually mean? has a Scorpio Mercury too, which I think is a good thing. But well, the thing is, as like I don't speak for all Scorpios here, um, but it's you kind of see right through people sometimes, and it really sucks because then you see all the phonies are like you just see all sorts of stuff. And it can kind of get really. Oh, I can't. I can't live in ignorance as bliss, kind of thing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like it's just I don't know. Like I just see right through people. But yeah, I actually do have my tarot cards, which is hilarious. You guys were talking about that because I started my spread just for fun, and I just thought it was hilarious. And I was like, is someone watching me? But it's a recorded space. I don't do tarot card readings on recorded space. Oh, so I don't really? want someone. I don't want someone to come back to me and be like, you said this. You know. Well, the good news is, um, while recorded, like practically no one fucking <laughs> listens to these things again. I think you're probably fine. <laughs> Well, <laughs> since you two so, talk about 40 people have left, so yeah, it, yeah. So, Addie, what's your sun sign, if you don't mind share, uh, sharing, or your rising sign? So, I don't, I'll share my whole chart. <laughs> I'm a Virgo sun, moon, Venus, and Mercury, and then I'm a Cancer rising and a Leo Mars. Oh my gosh, that sounds so nurturing. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think I... I like it maybe a little bit too much Virgo. I think I'd rather have maybe a different Venus sign. But besides that, I think my, I would say like my cancer rising is probably the most like um, prevalent of my, like, I feel like that affects me the most. Addie, if I were to tell you when I was born, could you figure all that stuff out for me? Yep. If you told me the time, place. Uh, month date and year then yeah i could figure that out uh january 16th 1999 um in ottawa ontario at... okay, wait hold on <laughs> whoa 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 let's take some notes here like, yeah the hell? wait a second i'm not gonna remember that january <laughs> or maybe 16th. dm her or something <laughs> yeah maybe just you can send me a dm and all, Ad- that's better Eddie, can i just point something out quickly just like big picture zoom out level stuff that you might lose track of because you don't have the pimp mind right um, my point here is that you're oh, giving, should be monetizing this giving readings to simps and you're not charging so you can charge at least like a hundred dollars for this you just need okay. to need to say in these spaces like yes i give readings yes it's fascinating yes it changes people's lives yes it can be really interesting and tell you a lot about yourself and the path you're going to take in your career and your relationships and maybe it will help explain those overarching uh, patterns in your life that you've been struggling with for the last however many years banging your head against the wall again and again and again and wondering what is it that is my true calling what do i need to do and what kind of people do i need to be with in relationships you know you can you can answer those questions for these clueless simps no i could for real like i actually could and like a lot of this stuff is actually can be really helpful with relationships and figuring out who you should be like I uh, i do all kinds of stuff but so you need to to say this and say it's very tailored and very interesting and to give a full in-depth like um personal reading you need to have an hour alone and you could charge about two hundred dollars or something okay perfect if anyone's yeah. interested and and that if you'll notice like yeah. a lot of these like crypto rich nerds right they have like this yield when they stake their coins or whatever it's so, mm-hmm. like every week or whatever they have like money showing up just out of the blue right so it's like they're just like looking for like services and things to use their money with right so it's really pretty simple like you have an atom yeah. wallet now and you're like yeah just send me some atom 
Yeah, right? it's the idea, Addy. You can also um, diversify into crypto by accepting many, many different cryptocurrencies. So maybe Sefi <laughs> pays in Atom, I pay in whatever else, USTC, um, Jebbear pays in Luna, and then you'll have a, like a really well-rounded Cosmos diversified portfolio. It'll be this awesome. This is a really good idea, like actually. Like, of course it is. I, I've been giving you luck. <laughs> I haven't like realized the pimp mindset yet. Well, I, that's why like maybe like I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to like have that, you know, like. Fine. Give me, give I'm me about a girl. Give me about 20% and I'll help you with profile and stuff. Okay. We can talk like numbers later. That seems a little bit high, but. Okay. okay, I need to know what that guy um, with a business plan, I need to know what his rising side is. Hmm. Yeah, I know he's a Sagittarius sun, right? Didn't you uh, that, or were you lying? I don't know. Do, do you need the, the exact time and place? You can tell me that later, but what's what's your, well, do you want to say what your birthday is? You do can I just know. say that for your sun sign, you can just say the day and the month. Okay. Um, December 17th. Okay, so, yeah, you would be a Sagittarius then. December 17th. Um, so that's, like, the sign right after Sefi's, actually, because he's a Scorpio. Does it matter the genders of your parents? <laughs> like, no, I don't think so. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, were, you, were you creating a lab coach? Yeah. Like, what, what are you talking about? Wait a second. <laughs> They do womb insertion these days. Have you seen this thing, Sefi? A man can have a womb, uh, or at least can soon. Yeah, that shit's really crazy. That's transhumanist. Are you, you going to be yeah. having a human in your body then, Coach Bruce? Are you planning yeah, to get are you gonna have a womb soon? implantation? I want to be filled. Um, mm. That's what she said. Yeah, I, I also want to <laughs> say like more generally to the nerds in this space, that I am somebody who's messed around with a lot of esoteric and spiritual things. And like you, Addy, maybe uh, more dubious things that could be uh, said to be cold reading and, and crazy kind of confirmation bias and stuff. But I will say that, that hmm, I don't know how to say this, the rational mind and the analytical mind that, that Sefi lives in and many people here live in because they're nerds is very useful and it helps you solve problems in many domains of life. But at the same time, there are many places where it seems to overstep its use, right? So when it comes to tarot or maybe interesting practices like the things I've done in Tibetan Buddhism, remembering past lives and stuff like that, you have to ask, like, is it still useful to activate that aspect of mind? And most of the time, there's no real advantage at all in, in overlaying the rational mind during the experience itself. The problem is that most people just can't turn it off. It's compulsive because it's like... A, a, I can't, a, a, I can't a, turn it off. It's compulsive. Yeah, it's a habituated layer of mind that the person tends to operate from. And, and the thing is, it's not the whole of the mind. It's just a tiny little aspect of the mind. It's one faculty that has, in a way, kind of engorged and bloated and becomes the primary lens the person sees the world from. So it's like it's, it's, it's compulsively wanting to interpret and understand and decide the meaning or the lack of meaning, whether that is, and that can be in both directions, right? It could be, it could be say, you know, this is cold reading, this is confirmation bias, or it can even be the opposite. It can be the meaning of it being significant and totally true. And if you want to have interesting experiences with these things and get as much as possible for these, from these things, like tarot reading, you need to say to your rational mind that, okay, 
you know, you, you, you rule my life, you know, you're around all the time, but at the same time, um, while I do this practice, whether it's like some kind of meditation or, or past life recollection or, um, whatever hypnagogic state, interesting practice or, or tarot reading or something you want to say to it, like, we're going to have one hour without you and you can comment or you can explain later, but for the time being, you're just going to take a passenger seat because like there's, there's no advantage in you being here during the process and interfering. And the interesting thing is that with these practices, um, the, the conscious interference and an overlay of the analytical mind tends to cock block any possibility of interesting things happening, right? So there's much more openness and, and chance of interesting things happening if this doesn't uh, constantly like, um, I don't know where, it's like, a, it's like an overlay, right? It's like a filter, a lens you constantly see the world from. It, it's, actually, it's an interesting thing. It doesn't actually, need to be Actually, Bruce, like the way I think of it is like, uh, like I see some people, right? And they believe certain things like very deeply. Yep. And I think to myself, like, what would it take for me to believe in that thing that de that deeply, right? And it's almost like, um, it's like, 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 what was it in that, like, the, in their mind, that they were able to believe that, um, and like sidestep whatever, let's say, rationality that might be involved, right? And, um, and it's it's weird too, like people almost like seek people in the rational side of things, right? They they sort of want to believe in something, which is weird. Like if you, if you talk, if you look at like atheists, for example, right. You, they'll be on, uh, you know, like you know, YouTube or whatever, having some debate or some shit, right. You've seen this and like a Richard Dawkins or these kind of people. Right. But then you ask them what they believe in and they always believe in something like they believe like, well, you know, I believe like we should all like learn more about the universe or we should all like learn more science and, and or we should learn more about the stars. But then like when you, ha when you pin them down, you're like, wait, why that thing? Like, why would you, why do you care about that? Like what, what, why do you believe people need to know about that shit? Like, what does it matter in the end? They always have to like reach for some sort of like higher meaning and they just make something up. So they, they actually like spontaneously create belief structures just out of the blue, like to justify why it is that they, yeah, a lot of it's do what the, they do. Human mind, I agree. But uh, I mean, during these practices and things, and and you know, I, I could I could talk in depth about past life recollection uh, practices, which are really fascinating, and it's like a, a fascinating way in which you need to get out of your own way to get interesting experiences. But I think that the main point is that that during the experience itself, you don't need to believe for or against or overlay any meaning at all. You just need to do the thing on like a, a very pragmatic level. Um, you just, you just experience it like it's like, it's maybe dream imagery, um, passively accepting the, the imagery and the sensations and the perceptions that come up. And it's like a lot of people kind of overlay this protective mind because they, on some level, they fear something bad is going to happen. Right. But it's like, it's like a dream. Nothing bad happens to you. The experience itself won't suddenly fool you or brainwash you or result in some kind of weird belief or like uh, kind of prison you're trapped in. Right. You can always activate the discerning analytical mind later on. It doesn't need to be there every stage of the way. You know, it can come in later and say, oh, I had that interesting experience. It's like a, I don't know, like a drug trip or something, right? You take LSD, you have your trip. And then later on, you can like rewind and say, hey, that was interesting. I can, I can see it from the analytical mind now. And, and maybe there are reasons for the things I experienced. But at the same time, when you are there, like there should be a full surrender. And there shouldn't be a sense that like you are somehow unsafe or in need of these tools all of the time. Like it, if like a lot of people just experience these things and they just can't let go of this this 
this particular frequency of the mind. It's always there. It's always analyzing the meaning. And I come up against this in like meditation and stuff all the time. Like people are always coming up with meanings for things and, and what it means and what it means for me and my personal story. And like, is this true or not? And does this really matter or not? And stuff. And I'm just like, just stop. <laughs> like you can do that later, like do it after the meditation and do it before the meditation, but say to your mind, it's like you're the CEO of your mind. Right. And, but, and you, but you know, the, but Bruce, like the, I think you're right. Like the way I think of it is like, okay, those people over there are fucking crazy, right? Like, so what you end up doing is you say, wait, something must have made them fucking crazy. Like either something within them or external to them. And then you're like, wait, maybe there is something that can make me fucking crazy. So then it's like, like, then the analytical mind says, well, like maybe it's like certain experiences that like, you know, made him an alcoholic or whatever it is. Right. Like, so, cause there, there are things, there are people that like, uh, like functionally are just behaviorally are just fucking nuts. Right. So it's like, then it's like, you don't know what it is that's going to make you that at one point or the other. Yeah. Like I'm talking more like the, your, your basic relationship to the mind. Right. So it's like, you're the CEO of your mind. And there are different faculties of your mind, like the analytical part, um, the more kind of like, there, there are lots of different faculties, right? Like you could say like the, the childlike imaginative part, the, the logical analytical part, more of like a kind of an unconscious archetypal memory, um, imagery kind of part. There are loads of different aspects of your mind that can kind of come to the front. And tuning into each one is, is kind of like a radio frequency. And it's like the more you put your attention there, the bigger it gets. And a lot of people in crypto and maybe you, Sefi, you kind of, it's like you've put your attention on this, this kind of faculty of mind, because obviously you need to function in your job and, and do things and be very precise with your talks and your explanations and stuff, because life is on the line and obviously it's very important and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, it's like a particular quadrant of the mind that's been focused on. And then over time through attention, because whatever you place attention on just expands like infinitely until it seems to fill the whole world. Um, it's just got bigger and bigger, but it's like, it's, it's like you have to be able to to not only use that as a tool, but also to deactivate it. So it's like, it's for me, it's interesting working with people and stuff like, you know, I've taught people to do like um, past life uh, remembrances and stuff. And it only really works if you can get out of the way. Like if, if you start interfering, there's like a, an interesting field of belief that just shuts it all down. Um, and it's, it's, it's weird how people can't get out of the way because it's like they somehow believe they'll be unsafe if they just contact the raw experience without the meaning aspect. Yeah, now go ahead. You have a comment? Natasha, are you there? Oh, you're um, Sorry, I apologize. Um, so I was listening to what you guys were saying, and, you know, a lot of us that live, I kind of see it like we live in a duality. Like, I live, I have a big girl job. I wear a lab coat. I do numbers all day. And I'm a logical person in my everyday but I, the higher that I went up in the sciences and studying different things, you start, you know, realizing that there's more and it has actually like helped me understand a lot of what I think the spiritual experiences I experienced when I was younger and that I'm still experiencing to this day. So it's not too far of a stretch for me to, to marry those two thoughts. Um, I personally love the fact that I can do both things. You know, I can give you a tarot reading on one thing and then the next start talking about other things that are, <laughs> you know, I call it uh, adult things, you know, big girl things. I don't know. It's just I think it makes life a little bit more 3D. I'm not sure if I could handle just going to the grocery store, working 50 to 60 hours a week, talking numbers all day to people. 
looking serious all day. I just, I don't know. I don't think that would be kind of fun for me, but yeah. But anyways, I don't take my tarot cards to work. I think that's that part of my life is for the internet. <laughs> but yeah, it's also this weird kind of like idea that, okay, like, so, you know, even if you think it's scientifically right, okay, planets come about and it's 5 billion years of evolution goes by and all this stuff. And then like, but yet here we are talking about like, you know, like, you know, just strange things that people think about, whether it's like, you know, and, and by the way, like one person's version of strange is like another person's version of like strange, right? Like, like Addie might find, find uh, this not strange, but then, you know, some crypto banter or some bullshit, like totally strange. Like she's like, why are you talking about this? Like, why do you care? Who gives a shit? Like why? Like it seems like complete nonsense in some ways too. So it's like, it's weird, like how these experiences, like, uh, like, like the worry about whether there's like past life experiences and all this, right? Like, like coach was saying, the fact that all those years of evolution, all that existence, we have these like complicated brains and, and here we are thinking about these things. You have to wonder, like, uh, like uh, there's something about that that's real, right? It's not like, like I can imagine like making a paper sailboat and then making it right. So, you know, why is it that, uh, you know, somewhere in the sort of universe of ideas, like some, whatever you're dreaming, whatever you're thinking, it has been made real. It's in your head, right? It's just like, it's, it's no less real than anything in some ways. Like it took like billions of years to make that little dream you just had come true. I mean, you know, in your head, right? Like it's, it's very strange how, um, like there's this long chain of events that led to, you know, me having a dream about a flower or something, you know, like it, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of mysterious in that sense. <clears throat> hey coach question for you. Um, and I guess you can chime in on this as well, Natasha. Um, what exactly is the point of tarot cards? And uh, yeah, I guess, could you break that down to me? Like, I, I, the only thing I know about tarot cards is I remember one time I was at a party with a bunch of people and some girl busted out some tarot cards and, and started trying to explain them to me and my friends. And, and he's, my friend is an engineer and he kind of like roasted the shit out of her. And I'm just kind of curious, like, what are they and what's the point of them could you break that down please yeah <clears throat> my answer is try it like like um even even use one of these like internet automatic tarot card answering things maybe that's like looked down upon but it still seems to work like, try try like one of these internet sites ask it a question type in a question and see what tarot card you get back um and and be freaked out it is really freaky i don't know how much you've tried this this addy but like it's really uncanny, like a huge amount of the time to like a weird level. <laughs> it's like a weird, like alien thing. Like they say sometimes that, that like um, maybe aliens planted things like psilocybin and different psychedelic drugs and kind of implanted certain personalities or whatever within the drugs because people seem to have universal themes of experiences through different cultures and things, right? If they ingest the same things. Um, and there's a similar weird, weird thing like tarot card is, is is weirdly accurate like if you ask questions to it um see what you get just just experiment with it play with it these things are always for playing they're not for like oh it's for this and that and it works like this you just try and see what happens yeah i wouldn't say that like tarot and astrology is something where there's like some sort of like utility that can be measured it's more like a way of understanding you know experiences and like maybe shifting your frame in the way that you see things in a similar way that like, you know, 
like reading, like picking up a piece of literature is like, or like a piece of fiction, like you're not reading it necessarily for any real intent or purpose. It's just bringing yourself into a space that maybe you wouldn't normally be in or like even something like, I don't know, I could say like some people would definitely disagree with me on this, but like um, part of my degree is in like philosophy. Like I think it's sort of similar in that way. Like there's not maybe like a conventional purpose for it. It's more like understanding and becoming in tune with the way that you think in your frame for like how you see life. I don't know if there's, I guess in a way it's like almost no less stupid maybe than like going to the movies or something, right? Like you go to some fictional movie, there's a bunch of like effects and shit and you're watching like, I don't know, you know, uh, like some, I don't know, whatever these are like Marvel movies or something, right? There's just all sorts of shit going on. None of it's realistic. It doesn't make any sense actually. (laughs) Like there's like, and, um, and you just go there for that specific, that you go there for an experience, like to be carried away to a slightly different world, a different way of thinking. And the thing is it it affects you. It's it's interesting because like, it's not like you go see that and like there's not some message in your head that sticks or, you know, like maybe you don't act upon it consciously, but it's like, it just becomes part of the history of your life in a way. And I guess this is similar. Yeah. But, but, but also be aware of like any beliefs that are there, right? Like you don't want to go to the movie and say it's, and constantly be thinking like, it's just a movie. It's nothing more than just content on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Know what I mean? You, you, that would ruin it, right? Like there's a there's a there's a, a way in which when you watch a movie, you just kind of immerse and you let yourself go for that period of time, and then afterwards maybe you review the movie or something. But hopefully, in an ideal movie, there's enough like awe and emotional intensity and excitement and stuff. You know, maybe you watch the latest like Top Gun movie; it's quite immersive. Um, it's, also, it's also like why like if there's some movie thematically like maybe I like sci-fi and fantasy and stuff, right? So like. I don't even want to know what the reviewers are saying. I don't give a shit. Like, I want to just go see it just to kind of like you experience want to it before what? like all the, the naysayers and shit and whatever, like say something. Cause like, I tend to like a lot of different movies that sometimes maybe the reviewers or whatever didn't like. Think of the What's idea of music or film. Hey man. Alexander. The, the ideal movie or film or listening to a piece of music or something is when you fall into it and it's like you forget yourself and and the the experience of like the self when you're watching the movie or listening to music is a kind of an emptiness, like an empty chamber in which the movie seems to resonate or the, the music seems to resonate and it fills the whole thing such that you forget yourself, like you forget this part of yourself that, that says like, Oh, this isn't realistic, or or this isn't you know when was this piece of music made or whatever like that that whole faculty just kind of recedes into the background, and you're right there in the film with the actors, right? You're right there with the protagonist, or you're right there like hanging on the next note that's going to be played that just like strikes itself and echoes in that that chamber of your being, right? It's it's like you forget yourself. That's that's the whole point. You forget yourself, and it's the same approach with these things like tarot and all these readings and things. You have to forget yourself and you can always come back later. Like just like a movie, you can come back later on, but you don't need to be there during the thing. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how like true that actually is. It's funny how like there's this like, I think 5% of the population that doesn't like music or doesn't like have any emotional attachment to it. Uh, I, I was shocked to hear that that number was like that high. Like there's something like different about their like physiology or whatever the hell it is like in their brain that makes that happen. But yeah, like totally. Like if I think back at it, like, yeah, all the best music, it just like to be able to sort of like experience it, there's something else you have to distract away from something else. Like you have to forget to make space for this thing to happen. 
you yeah, know who just... didn't like music um like did not listen to it not to keep bringing him up because i already brought him up before but ted bundy the one girl that survived him um she was like in the back of his car and she was saying like i have like like i don't know she was trying to make conversation with him she ended up escaping but um she was like i have a math test and like he didn't answer and then she was like do do you um or maybe he asked her but something like do you like music and he was like he said like no i don't listen to music or something like that but really makes you wonder these people that like don't find any pleasure or joy or like you know experience in listening to music maybe they have something wrong with them like seriously like ted bundy well i take that personally because i hate music but yeah go ahead like, <laughs> you had a you book well don't kill anybody that's all yes hello coach good to see you hey sophie um i was going to mention that you know a lot of people don't have inner dialogue as well uh, not only do they not like music but they have no inner dialogue um it's been proven actually like the thoughts that you think in your head planning the future and things like that there are people among us who don't have that ability uh and another thing with tarot cards it's really who's performing the tarot reading i've noticed so i've met uh strangers this girl in miami and south beach she did a tarot card reading and just how uh in tune she was with uh omens um and you can tell like something about her was different than uh, somebody who just read Tara like at a club, right? Like it's who's performing the Tara reading. Like the, the cards themselves are a tool. Um, but with someone who can is very powerful and can see omens and uh, they can definitely read and help you on your personal legend, uh, your personal journey. Yep. And a lot of that is as well, like that that same quality you describe. You know what we were talking about, Sefi, with, with music and film, that sense of like emptying yourself to receive, to let that, that whatever the content is, whatever the movie and the, the sensations and the perceptions, to really let them um, enter the, the chamber of your being, if you like, and resonate. It's the same with these, these kind of um, people who do the readings or even like a, a shaman or a drug sitter, like a trip sitter or something like that, right? It's the, the, the quality of like emptiness in them that seems to let whatever they're, they're communicating kind of be channeled through them in an interesting way. Like it's like getting out of the Almost way. Almost like a, maybe like a, a good musician or a good artist. Like, uh, so, so if you're, or, or a good actor, like if, if like you notice how, like if you have an actor that's kind of so, so like you watch some B movie or some shit, right? Like they're not that good and you don't get that sus yep. suspension of disbelief, right? Like, like the most popular actors are the ones that can get you that like feeling that, well, this, this kind of feels real. Um, and maybe like, that's kind of like what you are. If you like, if you're a true believer in the tarot thing or in the astrology and you really kind of like, um, it's almost like you can't quite fake it. I suppose you could be a good actor at it too, I suppose, but like um, it's, it's not so easy to fake because like uh, true, true believers, like it's hard to sort of make that up. It, it, cause every word that you say will sort of like defy your, your um, I don't know, like will will betray you if you're just faking it. Right. Like you, people can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Although like, I think when you talk, there are kind of like assumptions built in that it's like on some level irrational or something, right. That it is a question of belief. Um, I would say like in, in a lot of these cases, it's just simply getting out of the way. Like it's the person getting out of the way and then some, something comes through them, the muse or whatever you call it. Um, I don't know if any of you are like writers or anything like that, but certainly when I, when I've written my best stuff, it's like, I've not been there at all. It's just kind of like my fingers have done it. So, so, oh. Go ahead, Natasha. 
I was just going to say one way that I do the readings is I don't care what your question is. You keep your question to yourself. Don't even tell me. And then I just tell you what the cards have to say regard about what your situation is. Um, I have to admit one time I was doing a reading and someone got the sugar daddy card, as I call it, the king of pentacles, and I couldn't stop laughing. And lo and behold, <laughs> uh, I guess that was a situation going on with her. And I just could like, so, I mean, I've, I've been doing reading since I was nine years old and I'm almost 40. So it's just something that comes natural um, because I want to do it. But if someone forces me to do it, I'll just shut down and be like, I'm not doing this. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, you yeah. know, it's kind of yeah. like Sefi is a doctor, I believe. Is that true? Or is that, or is that just? Yeah. So imagine if someone coming up to you every five minutes showing you their rash. You know what I mean? Hey, Sefi, do you know what this is? Do you know what this is? Oh, and, like, you know, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, like, stop, you know. So that's kind of why. Um, yeah, I only if I feel the flow of the energy and if the and if I feel the person's you know can receive the message. Otherwise, like I don't like to play the game of like prove it to me because it's like I can, and I'll make you cry, but that's not what we're supposed to do, you know. <laughs> mm. And there's also dynamics like if you you have to go in with like a sincere intention. If your if your intention is to oh you've tagged something at the top yeah uh, that Addy again doing more ducks um if your intention is to somehow test the the truth of it or um maybe ask the same question multiple times and see like oh do i get the same card again and again and again if you have like a kind of a dishonest or an incongruent intent where it's like you're a bit insincere like you're skeptical you don't earnestly believe it and you're or at least you're not earnestly open to what it could tell you you just have like this, this like testing mindset, like, or maybe kind of a mocking mindset, like, mm, this is just bullshit. I'm going to test it. Oh, I've got a different card. Look at that. If you have that kind of mindset, then like, you just won't experience anything at all. Like it's, it has to be earnest. It has to be open. It has to be sincere. Um, and, it's, and if, it's kind of like when you, when you go to an actual doctor's office versus when you like, just ask for random advice, right? Like there's this almost like, yeah, there's this kind of air of professionalism and this air of like okay we're gonna do this particular job correctly and we're gonna like uh i'm gonna tell you know doctor everything about like what i did and what i smoked and whatever like that messed up my lungs mm. and i'm i'm gonna do this because otherwise like the experience is like uh the, the the point of being there gets lost and then the doctor on the other hand is like you know paying like pretty astutely attention to the details and goes through all the usual process that you would normally go through every question every um, whatever lab tests and things like that, right? Your x-rays and this and that. And, and when you like just someone just asks you off the cuff, you know, like in the supermarket or something, hey, doc, blah, 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 you know, then, you know, now it's like, you don't, you're not really prepared to really be, you're, you're not in that mindset. You're not thinking that. And it's kind of like, and then not only that, but the person's not like, just may not be fully ready to sort of like, you know, open up to you in the, uh, like the vegetable aisle or whatever. Right. So like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's also like mentally, like, if you can't be be sincere and like open minded enough to just like ask a genuine question or or just just experience like asking the tarot something about whatever, um, if you can't do that for ten minutes, like that's a little bit suspicious, right? It means like your dominant mental story is so powerful, like it won't let you just experience something. It has to override everything and interpret everything and come up with a meaning and like an agenda to be doing it. Like you know, I'm going to test this thing. Like, why can't, why can't you let go of that mental story for 10 minutes? It's, it's like an interesting thing. It's a lot of people just can't let go at all. Like even most people can't let go at all. It just never goes. It's always there, always overlaying, always the lens, 
always like some weird agenda. It's quite interesting. Coach, um, I actually went online and uh, I tried one of these online tarot readers just now. And uh, I can do one if you like, but yeah, go ahead if you've done one. I, I yeah, I already did one. I, I'm, it's it's surprisingly like I don't want to say it's accurate because I don't want to believe that it's accurate. I'm like Seppi. I have that logical mind always turned on. What's your but, what, and like what did you ask? Pardon? What did you ask? Like what was your question? Well, no, it, it didn't ask me a question. It just said like, oh, pick some cards, and I just picked a couple cards, and then it showed me the ah. the cards I got. Usually you have an intention with these things. You have you have some kind of um, like thing you want to find out about, whether it's relationships or, or work or something or your direction in life or like what's holding you back or something. Yeah, but you're supposed to ask a question before. You could look up maybe on, on your own, like while we're talking, just look up like good questions to ask um, Tarot and you'll get a big list. And and yeah, but but usually it's like some some obstacle in your life, like you know, maybe after financial losses or something, you're wondering what the direction you should take or something like that. Um, but it just needs to be a, a clear intention. That's like half of the, the earnestness and the sincerity of what you ask. It's the intention. It's like, what, what do you really want to know? And then it responds to that. Hmm. No, I will say, though, even like the cards that I got, they're surprisingly accurate to a few things that are happening in my life. And it, it's strange i guess to me at least but i mean yeah if you do a lot of these things it's tarot is like weird i like in doing readings for people and myself it is like uncanny like to really absurd degrees really ridiculous degrees like uh, i remember doing it for like a group of eight friends at the same time and every single card was like a mi- like a mirror image of their specific situation like way beyond any kind of cold reading or anything just in a really fascinating way um, and I, I wouldn't consider myself a believer in any kind in any like form or shape. It's more like I, I just kind of get out of the way and it's interesting. And my approach is kind of like um, maybe kind of as Sefi said, although less kind of skeptical, it's like you you ask the question, you have an earnest intention, maybe a question about a relationship or whatever else. And then the card comes up and then. If something resonates, then it resonates. And that like resonation in your heart maybe compels you to do something or take some action or whatever else. But if it doesn't resonate, then who cares? Like it's it's just like it's just a thing that happens automatically if you're open minded. It's like the way when you read a novel or something, or listen to an audiobook or or listen to, you know, watch a movie or something. Maybe something is in that movie that just kind of somehow for some reason resonates with you, right? And and changes your path a little bit. And you don't really need to know why or how or whatever. It just, it does. It's just the, the exposure to that experience is interesting and kind of maybe jolts you awake. But, but tarot, more than anything, just seems to like hit the mark again and again. Um, if you're going to experiment with this stuff, just be open-minded. Like, like ask, ask a sincere intention and let it answer you and see what you get. And I think you'll be quite surprised. It's like a weird alien thing. Yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, yeah, I find it strange as fuck. Like, it's... It, it got some pretty accurate things that are happening in my life, like on the cards. And I'm like, that's like really fucking weird. Like, I don't know how that happened, but it kind of did. Can I ask, um, go ahead. 
Yeah, yeah. If anyone would like to ask questions, well, I'm happy to do a reading over Terra Spaces. No, it's not Terra Spaces, it's uh, Twitter Spaces. I have a very different question. I just want to know if anybody else saw it, because I was just sitting here and I can't stop thinking about it. Um, what's his name? King Charles? Prince Charles? Whatever the fuck? Is that who he is? Is that what his name King, is? King Charles. Right. The stupid Camilla whore, whatever. Um, did anybody see the picture of his fingers that was on Twitter today? Like his what? super swollen finger? Like, okay. Somebody needs to find it. I, let me see if I can find it and pin it because I wanted to know if anyone thinks like, I think he has like a severe medical condition. Like I was looking at this picture and I was horrified. It's like a demon in his hands or something. It was like, I've never seen something like this. Like, if my hands looked like that, I would be on my way to the hospital. Like, like is this one finger, two fingers? No, like all of his fingers were so swollen. It looked like they were going to explode. Like, I don't, I just, I need to know if anyone, did I anybody thought, see this? He maybe strangled the queen or something. And like, that's, <laughs> there was a fight. Jesus. I mean, he killed Diana. So, you know, that wouldn't put it past him. He's getting up there. He needed to take the throne at some point. Um, Man, you, okay. Eddie, you have like this thing against him, like for the the whole like Princess Diana thing, huh? Well, of course. Are you kidding the whole me? Monarchy's got it coming. That's stupid. That's stupid, bitch. He like went and like with his little stupid whore Camilla, like Jesus, and he killed his wife. I just yeah, I have I have so many problems with him. I'm not even that into this stuff, but like when I hear about it, it just enrages me kind and like of boils your blood yeah so, like i'm like getting so upset it. talking about it and then now she's the what is it the queen consort or whatever Ugh, it's so frustrating i wish Wait, they so would correctly that me so diana was married to charles yes do you not know this stuff Jesus Christ, Jabbar. Like <laughs> I I don't keep up with the monarchy. It's not important to this my life. This isn't keeping up. She's been dead for so No, and I know she's been dead. I just never knew that her and like Charles were married. Yeah, that's Jesus. the whole reason she <laughs> she's dead, because they killed her. Jesus Christ, like if I'm never gonna <laughs> go in a space with you again if you show this level of ignorance to my <laughs> to my queen who should have been. <laughs> Um, I need to find this picture. Did really nobody else saw it? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Um, well, yeah, I think he's got some kind of arthritis or something, probably. Um, his arthritis. That, his fingers are like okay. I need to find it. Hold on. It, it's shocking. Sorry to derail the conversation like that. I just you know, had I'm, I'm to get it out though. of me. It was you like, like you me on the ropes. I want to see what this guy's hands look like now. I'm looking for it. Yeah, Everyone. now it's kind of like we have to know. I know. I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah, um, exactly. arthritis? Does he have like heart failure? What's going on here? Yeah, yeah Seth going to examine him medically. He's going to put like, him under the This table. is like what Natasha said about people asking Sethi about their rashes. Except I need to know if the King of England has something wrong with him. So, Sethi, you're going to have to call him soon and be like, "Sir, this is what's wrong." With hey, Addy. Oh, thank God. So, thank you, Coach. Back a few years ago, I was in the military and I actually met mm-hmm. Charles. And oh, was he awful? He was the worst, but I actually shook his hand. And the best way I can describe shaking his hand was imagine putting a surgical glove on and then blowing mm-hmm. it up while it's in your hand. 
that's how it felt. And he had massive, oh my god, he had massive ears and a massive nose as well. He was also drunk, but yeah, and a massive horrible personality. Um. Okay, so can everyone see what Coach shared? Are you seeing like the horror of this? Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with his fingers? That shit's nasty. Like some kind of inflammatory joint condition or arthritis or something. What do you think it is, Sefi? Hmm. He's got kind of a yeah. He definitely has like uh, he has a connective tissue disease, and then his like fingernails are sort of like sort of losing their integrity and whatnot. But uh, um, yeah, I'm not sure. It's it's um, yeah, it's almost like sausage digits or something they call it. Like <laughs> it's not the same as like rheumatoid arthritis, where it's just like your your joints are inflamed. It's like your heart, mm-hmm. the whole hand is. Sometimes yeah. you get stuff like this in people who are like, like just, I mean, just observing like people, people who look like alcoholics tend to have quite inflamed. Yeah. Like they're very puffy. At, well, like, that happens because like when you, when you liver? drink a lot and your liver doesn't work, your protein counts like are not maintaining, like they're, you go into like this catabolic uh, state and like when your protein counts go down, you, you start getting puffy everywhere. So that's why I was asking if maybe he had like heart failure, but that could be that he, maybe he has a, he he could have some issue with this like liver or some shit and he's got like but this is like more extreme than that this is um <laughs> this isn't normal edema because his fingernails are really affected like it's one thing to have your toenails but like if you're rich and shit right like yeah. to have like let's say like i don't know a fungal infection of your like hands on both sides makes no sense so this like mm-hmm. is more systemic like it's like a you wouldn't be surprised though if he's like really anti-doctor or something just has never been in this life some people are they have mm-hmm. like with traditional yeah. things like steve jobs was like that yeah oh by the way um anyone who's here now uh do any of you invest in lunk and ustc do a little love heart if you do only two people three all right here we um, go. I, gave, I gave you all some alpha earlier i'll give it again in case anyone is listening there is a potential way to make a quick 5x on USTC as an ARB. Now, um, when the Terra crash happened, when the, the death spiral happened, IBC was closed. The connection between Terra and and uh, the Cosmos, the wider Cosmos was closed. IBC stands for Inter-Blockchain Communication Protocol, Sefi, I think that's correct. And it connects um, the Cosmos chains together without dodgy hackable bridges, right? Like all these bridges that have been hacked for the last however long, um, they're all dodgy. They're all weird kind of patchy connections that, that inevitably get hacked, like the Nomad Bridge and whatever else. And IBC is, is the, the connection between Cosmos chains, a way to kind of overcome this, a, a much better solution. And um, before it was closed, before the connection between Terra and the other Cosmos chains was closed, Terra assets like USTC and Lunk were stuck there, right? So on exchanges like KuCoin and Binance, the price of these assets like um, like Lunk and USTC has gone up. I think USTC is currently like 0.06, according to KuCoin. Um, and, and the price of the assets that were on Osmosis stuck there um, have just like not gone up nearly as much because it's kind of like a, a disconnected island where there's no direct connection. So the, the ARB opportunities aren't taken advantage of as much, right? So um, right now on Osmosis, the price of USTC is about five or six times lower than it is on exchanges. And, Osmosis Frontier specifically. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was going to get to that, but like, so, so Jacob, one of the big shot like Osmosis devs, and Edward Kim, who's like the Terra Rebels head developer, say in their Twitter post that you know the reconnection is is going to happen. The community has voted for it. People have their their assets there, so obviously they don't want to have them like 
completely obliterated by the connection never happening. You know, there's there's assets stuck in both directions. Um, Terror rebels have just said that that they need a little bit of time because they have other priorities, but they're going to get to it. So a lot of people have their money stuck, um, and there's a massive ARB opportunity in that the, the price of the assets is like six times lower than exchanges at current prices. So um, there's there's no certain timing on this, but there's a high chance that it will happen. So right now, let me look. So so USTC is currently trading at about 0.06. And then os, on osmosis, it's about 0.012, so five times less. So um, the downside risk of this is obviously movements in the pool. And also that, that IBC may either take a long time to open or it might not open at all. But it seems likely, given what Edward Kim and Jacob and others have said, and then, um, like, you also have the opportunity cost in that if it takes fucking ages to open, maybe you could do better things with your money in the meantime, right? And then the upside is that, that IBC is opened and it 5Xs back and then it's current value again and then you've made a 5X really easily. Um, in order to do this, what you need to do is get a Kepler wallet. If you don't have one already, the, I think it's the, the main wallet that interacts with, with um, Cosmos, like Osmosis and stuff. Um, you get the Kepler wallet. You buy Atom on an exchange, like maybe Binance or Qcoin, and you transfer your, your Atom to Kepler Wallet. And then you connect your, your Kepler Wallet to frontier.osmosis.zone. That is F-R-O-N-T-I-E-R.osmosis.zone. And um, when you've connected your Kepler Wallet there and you've got the Atom in your wallet, you go to Assets on the left-hand side, from memory and, and you go to atom and then you deposit atom and it, and it just like flings it over via ibc and then after you've done that after you've deposited your atom you go to swap and you put in uh, atom at the top and ustc at the bottom and then you'll see like the current rate and uh, you're getting like a 5x cheaper rate there so um like i told people earlier and i think yeah i think yeah ready. exactly like it shows you on there it's like if you get like um like a thousand dollars like worth of atom and you're converting it to USTC, it's showing us like, you know, almost like, yeah, five to 6,000, right? Yep. So it's the idea would be like, you, if, if this get, if the system gets reconnected, you'd be able to sell it for the higher amount, um, like five or six times what you bought it for. And that's the closure of the sort of arbitrage loop. Yep. And uh, yeah, so it's like a, it's like a discrepancy between one exchange and the other in terms of pricing. Yeah. And that's what we call an arbitrage. You could get really, really kind of poker brain about this and say, like, if there's like more than a 16 percent chance of it uh, reopening again, then it's probably worth it. Right. Because there's like a six cents gain. Um, you, you could think of it kind of in a weird rational probability way. But it looks but if, like even if like, it doesn't happen, coach, you can always swap it back. Right. So it's oh, exactly. deal. You, you will experience like whatever movement there is in the pool. But at the same time, like it's it's yeah, it's yeah, it'll probably be OK. There's probably like almost no downside in in most worlds but um like chances are like 99 percent or more that it will get reopened you're just not sure about the timing um but but like on both sides people will not want to have people incur these massive losses by having their assets stuck right so like jacob and others have have like run polls and it's passed by like a long shot the lung community wants it back open again and people have their assets stuck on osmosis they want them back um so they're not gonna they're not gonna wreck people by closing it forever I think it's going to open again. It's just a question of when. Um, so yeah, that's like an interesting play to to buy it, um, to wire your Atom over to Kepler Wallet, connect it to Frontier.osmosis.zone, 
deposit your Atom and then swap it for USTC, and you're currently getting a, a 5x discount. So, yeah, uh, I might spread the other, the the other trick. Tomorrow. Yeah, this, this, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, like, like the, the other factor in the price movement is the fact that I might post about this on LugDAO. No, no. <laughs> Not now, but like, I'm giving you guys like the alpha in advance. But like, you know, it's, I think it's fair that we educate everyone, you know, because these, these massive ARB opportunities, it's like, it's injustice for only this space to know about it. You know, so yeah, you I, used, out, I used to bring a bunch of these up during uh, when like the Luna main <laughs> chain was going and we'd like make a bunch of money like on such stupid arbs. Yeah, like people deserve to be educated, right? You know, freedom of information, not just freedom of money and, and financial sovereignty, but also freedom of information. And, uh, you know, as the, the chief arb educator of the Lunk ecosystem, I, I'm going to tell everyone. Yeah, thanks for that uh, alpha coach. I've been spending this whole time. You've, you've been talking. Uh about tarot cards and whatnot, moving dust everywhere I can find it over into osmosis. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no, no guarantee on the timing, by the way. Like it could take, it could take a few weeks. It could take months. I don't know. Who knows? But like, if if you wish, and also if you assume that USTC is an interesting narrative or a possible thing that might eventually get repegged, then I think it's like double interesting, right? Um, oh, well, J Jack was Jack Zamplin was on earlier when we were just sort of like monkey around. Um, this earlier today and he, he suggested that uh it's likely that it'll get reconnected or they're they're thinking about it or whatever yeah i think it's th there's not much chance that it won't because they don't want to wreck people right people have assets stuck in either direction and if you disconnect the islands and, and prevent them from sending it back then it, it wrecks a lot of people right there's like millions of dollars of losses so it's like it's it's noble to reconnect them and the community should vote for it and it's also like really good for cosmos chains i think in general because because like terra is now the biggest one it's completely fucking <laughs> exterminated atom as the new interchain security hub you know as the king daddy pimp daddy cosmos chain uh, token uh, so like uh, and and also we can educate people about the cosmos get them over to the other side, get them to spend their rewards, maybe diversify and stuff, tell them about how um, Lunk is part of this wider cosmos of, of um, the, you know, the internet of blockchains or whatever else it's called, um, and how IBC works and stuff like that, and how every chain is sovereign and how it's like a much better solution and how we're just generally quite bullish on the whole thing. And, and uh, for Lunk now as well, validating on like many chains now, um, we've got like five validators running in our Cephi. Are you proud of me? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you have five validators now? Yeah. Yeah. Are you proud? Where at? Um, well, the, the Say Testnet, Juno, I think, and uh, Kujira. And now I think a new one called Stride, which is liquid staking uh, in the cosmos, a new thing. Like what kind of like setup is required for all that? And I don't want to talk about that now because it's, it's like it, this kind of information took me a very long time to, to gather. Oh, I do. I and I don't want to, you know, I've given enough alpha for one Twitter space. I want to really stretch it out. We can talk about that later, Sefi, so long as you um, pay me yeah, yeah, yeah. offer. Right, right, right. Well, I, I just never had the time to mess with like doing all that. So I was just, just curious. But um, no, it's yeah, not yeah, the other thing, the other thing that like we're banking on too is like um, it, it takes about like, uh, like, so where USTC is now, right, to re kind of like repeg it sort of, in theory, you'd have to get like almost $9 billion into the system to get that to happen. 
it's like at around what six seven hundred I think now six hundred seven hundred million. So it's certainly not zero, and uh, it's really kind of relatively easy to move that ticker because there's only so many exchanges that USTC is on. So I definitely got some, myself some USTC today with the idea that like you know there's a pretty good chance it'll kind of like uh, right now it's I think it's sixteen cents. It's not pegged. It's like should be a dollar, right? I figure like uh, getting up to about 70 cents or so is probably rational at some level. Like people will be like trying to front run that and try to sell it. Yeah. So without the, the, the mechanism put back in place, like there's no obvious reason for it to go like back to a dollar necessarily, but to get it to like 70 cents and eh, maybe. So I just threw some in there and see what happens. Mm. And just wait. I think, I, I think like in general um, at some point, I think it's on the Terror Rebels uh, roadmap, their, their, their mission. I think at some point they will announce like, okay, we've done staking, we've done the taxing. Next job is probably the, the thing that is like most plus EV for the whole ecosystem. And that's probably um, trying to repair USTC somehow. But like the moment they announce that they plan to do this, it's fucking going to skyrocket, right? Like just, just pure narrative. Like this, this sense people have that it is destined to reach $1 and now it is like, one uh, fifteenth of that. It's zero point zero six. Just this, this sense of like, oh fuck! If I invest now, I'm gonna close the gap. Like, like it's gonna do a fifteen x to one dollar. Like, just this pure narrative sense of like, hey, there's a massive fucking arb here. It's In fact, this is like this is like a big pinata. It's like basically, <laughs> you have uh, you know, like you have the people at Terra Rebels, right? And it would make sense for them to like buy a bunch of USTC if they know for sure that they're gonna like announce something like this, right? So just on the announcement alone, they're going to pump their own thing. So it makes perfect sense to like, for them to even do it. And it's such a, such a low hanging fruit, such an easy, like, yeah. like, uh, it, it's so easy to get that much attention, right? Because the entire crypto world knows about this. Oh, and, and just, I think just the idea of them having a plan to get it back to $1 is going to fucking do it itself. And then I think a funny thing is going to happen where it goes to like 1.1. And then like the whole of crypto Twitter is like, what the fuck? Like the long dead stable coin is now alive. The zombie is not back from the dead. It's like, it's upwards depegged instead. Like, and then like everyone will start like buying it and shit. And then it'll go like to $5 or something. I wouldn't be surprised at all if it just goes, goes like fucking nuts. Just because it's so fucking funny and baffling and like silly. Like, I, I think it's just, just a, just a the crazy. Meme, the meme love- potential is just like endless, right? That's the other thing. Oh yeah. Like just, just to. And and Do Kwon, for instance, could say like, "Right, we're back." Do you know what I mean? Like, it'd be so fucking funny. It could be like, "Told you so." He could post like, "Told you so," and then everyone would be like shocked and horrified and like just just complete bafflement. Like David uh, Glockenspiel's brain would fucking explode. That was a funny conversation today, by the way. That was interesting. <laughs> it was um an interesting like demonstration of seduction. I felt, you know, like um I don't know, like it felt like kind of felt like a, an interesting kind of date where the girl turns up kind of moody or something do you know what i mean like she's like you haven't seen her in two weeks and she's really fucking mad i remember like girls are silly man like i got covid i was in a, ho- a hotel for like seven days with a fever and then after, this was earlier in the year i've, I've broken up with this girl since <laughs> a few months ago but like early in the year i was in a hospital i got covid for like i got really bad covid i got a high fever and really bad insomnia and like i was sweating like a fucker and stuff in a hotel um cooped up for like seven days and then i got at the hotel and i went home and i like still recovered for like a week it took me like a while to recover and then i met up with my girlfriend and she was really fucking angry 
why haven't you seen me in such a long time? And you should have like, I, I did. You should have uh, called me while you had COVID. And I was like, I had fucking COVID. Jesus Christ! Like, just <laughs> I didn't, I didn't feel like it because I was really fucking sick. And she was like, it, yeah, it doesn't matter. You should have asked me to be there with you. Da, da, da. I could have been there every day. And it was like weird. Like, just, I don't know. Just obsessive. She took it really personally, basically. Um, well, you should have just you should have just given her COVID. I don't know why you didn't do no, that. I just didn't want to talk to anyone. You know, when you just want to be alone and just like just like kind of uh sweat it out and no you don't... girls don't understand that i know but, you would have but... rather have contracted covid if it meant she got to be with you i know i get it I and get... i think it's a little bit you know maybe like you didn't deserve her if you wouldn't give her covid all right, all right. i get the girl mindset i know how it is like girls take everything personally like if you if you start if your mother dies and you start grieving over your mother and dad <laughs> and like you want to be alone for a bit, a girl will take that person. You say, you don't love me. You've been, you know, she'll say something like that, man. Like it's, everything is taken personally. That's, that's, that's girls. And you just have to like, uh, be willing to, to deal with that. And I was not willing to deal with that, which is why I dumped her. <laughs> but, um, I've forgotten the point I was going to make here. Can someone like remind me of what, what I was saying beforehand? I don't uh, know what you were saying beforehand. Mm, no. You distracted me. I'm sorry. I just, I'm on her side, so. Oh, you're saying it was like a bad date with uh, David earlier that you turned it around. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd have these dates with her and she'd be angry at something. And like the example I was thinking of was like, she was angry at me having COVID. She was like, you didn't love, you don't love me. You didn't contact me. Like for the last two weeks, two weeks is way too long to be away from me. And stuff. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I had fucking COVID. Like, look at my fucking stats. I nearly died. Like, my heart rate was like fucking 100 for three days. Like, showing her my phone and shit. Like, look at this. Look at the statistics. <laughs> stuff. I was really ill. And and then, like, but, like, the drama. And she would be pissy and stuff. But then, like, um, I'd, I'd, like, move that, that pissiness into, like, anger. And then, like, it would turn into, like, something erotic. Then I'd be fucking her and stuff. And it would just, like, transition. And, like, every fucking date would be, like, this weird transition between, like, her initial emotionality and like what happens and then what happens later on and then like sometimes she would admit like like later on uh if i got like a bit mad at her or something she would say like oh i only said that so i could make you mad because it turns you turns me on when you're mad <laughs> and i was like fucking hell and and uh but like that was like kind of a the, one of these really feisty relationships i have with this girl um, but yeah, it reminded me of the same thing. Like David came in all fucking stroppy and mad. Like who's taking the piss out of me? You know, I, I'm a guy. I don't care what anyone says, but I'm here anyway. Cause I'm going to, I'm never going to run away. Duh. And then like gradually we fucking, we build up to like an intense climax. Like demon was like ranting at him and shit. And then Jess came on like being, being really crazy. And then I fucking like swatted Jet out, Jess out of there. Get out of there. You retard. You're too stupid for this space. <laughs> I was like laughing to myself off the microphone and stuff like like because I liked like I was like acting like really kind of diplomatic like oh you know let's talk about this David let's let's try and like um sort out the points here and then I was like but I admit that I kicked Jess because she was a fucking retard (laughs) so I was like muting myself then laughing and stuff and uh and but then like afterwards we transitioned to like more of a diplomacy and then it got kind of seductive and then we were flirting and talking about like taking david for dinner and stuff and it got really nice at the end and it just reminded me of like one of those dates with my ex-girlfriend like the the exact same format i reckon like if it had been in person and i'd been with david i would have definitely like been able to fuck him i thought it was funny because he came in and i wasn't like super following the whole discussion i had to like hop in and out a couple times but he was like he kept saying like i don't i don't give a fuck what you say about me blah 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 but then he was there for like like three hours and he was like i missed my workout for this all this stuff and i'm like 
If yeah, you don't care, why why are you missing your workout for something you don't even care about? It was just like it was it was kind of like illogical. It's really amazing how hypocritical people really are. Yeah. He had a girlfriend. Yeah. And then to, like, he was like yelling and getting so upset. I think he had a girl brain. Like, you know, that sense that like, if if you're really calm around a girl, they'll try and like fucking provoke something because they want to feel some kind of fucking intensity, whether it's like the the feeling that you really fucking want them or like at least something like anger or whatever the fuck else. They want to feel something. They want to feel some kind of roller coaster. So often you have to like fuck with them and stuff just to just like create that. So they they, they feel a little bit satisfied. Nothing else is more like yeah frustrating than like you're like upset about something or a little i don't know you just like want something in a guy's yeah, yeah, yeah. they're being so level-headed it's like it's like oh nothing is like i'm like getting upset thinking about it <laughs> i know I, I'm, I'm totally with you like like i like to to be physical and and emotive in kind of a playful way and stuff and like you know <laughs> you know another like funny little thing he was doing was um you know, like you kicked Jess out and like, you know, started like arguing with the women, right? The funniest oh, no. thing was he get in, he goes into this high horse like, oh, like, you know, I support women and, you know, Twitter and in crypto and like blah, blah, blah. Like he's going on his like, like, like high horse. Like he's just this like uh, women's lib type of thing. It's just Why funny not? when people do that Which, shit. I mean, funny defense, like, and I like, and, and I kind of did that deliberately because I thought he would do it. <laughs> right. So it was like a conscious like strategy, like weird chest brain I've got. Like I did it deliberately because I thought like because earlier in the space he'd said something about like you let women speak don't don't interrupt women and da 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 and it was quite funny as well because when Mandeep spoke he like imitated his Indian accent like bo, bo, do, bo, do. like it was like really racist and stuff and then like uh, as soon as that was funny like, yeah 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 it's like all of a sudden yeah 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 he, exactly he, all, he, he's he's willing to make fun of the Indian dude but then oh I'm I just pointed like, it out. yeah I pointed it out and then and then like somebody like mildly interrupted a woman. And despite the fact that everyone had been interrupted, everyone else for like the last 20 minutes, he was like, don't interrupt a woman. stuff. And so then like five minutes after that, I kicked the fuck out of Jess. Get out of here, retard. And then like he used that as like a kind of a fort, a defense for his main arguments. I was talking about stuff like, you know, David, the, the issue you had, we had here is that that you were um, saying people shouldn't post about lunk and people are going to get wrecked on lunk and stuff. But at the same time, you're, you're posting about sheep and do- doge and all this stuff. So like, why are you why are you differentiating between them? Like it's basically the same. And you've been posting about these these casino coins for a long time, and then like uh, I kicked out Jess, and then he immediately went to like the the, the don't mistreat women stuff. <laughs> the funny, yeah, the it was you know it's funny. Like I couldn't figure out how he couldn't like sort out the this idea that like the exact same thing he was upset about, right, was the exact same thing that he he normally does. Like it's just weird how. Uh, I don't know. It's like, it's like, let's say like, you know, maybe he abuses dogs or something, but then he says, Hey, why are you guys abusing dogs or something something weird like that? It's just like, just like the entire conversation was just insane. I was like, why are you not getting what like, like six people I think came on and like try to give him examples of why he's like, um, like a hypocrite sort of, right. Which is weird. But he couldn't like, he couldn't sort that out. Like he, he's quite good at, um, I noticed like he's, he's well-practiced. Like he can do a thing where, where he'll kind of, um, his stupidity, well, no, I, I'm not going to insult him because I think he did well in it, like a lot of ways, like he kind of stayed with us and didn't run away or something and he was calm. But like, certainly his brain isn't laid out in a logical way, right? He's, he's more like emotional. And, and it was funny, like somebody would make a logical point and then he'd like be going on to Bitcoin and like freedom for everyone. And yeah, we're all in this together. It was like, what? hang on a minute, David, you've just like taken about 10 tangents. It was like this weird girl bamboozling. You know, when you're having an argument with a girl, 
And it's like about something really fucking simple. And she just like fucking takes you and bamboozles you. And if you engage with it, she'll fucking take you on this weird fucking maze and you have like a brain glitch and you're like, what the fuck just happened? And then you realize what happened is like, she just fucked with you emotionally. right? <laughs> and that, that was the main thing. Uh, you know, it's like, and, and the only way to teach a girl is like, just get the fuck out of there. Like withdraw your attention, get away from me. Um, and then she might learn something because at least then you're disappeared. Um, yeah, but you can't, but, like, the thing is, what is it about? What is it about the crypto space that everyone like acts like they were in Bitcoin since like 2009? Like, like it's just kind of, it's like a fun, like little thing that everyone does. Like they just like, maybe they look at the calendar or some shit and they just keep repeating this thing. Like, Oh, I've been at this for like, you know, 12 years and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, it's like, you have to like have this credibility or something and claim that you've done this, this and this. And like, that gives you credibility over everything else. Cause you've done he said this some really weird stuff. Like his, his, his selection of points, he claimed to be like a debates champion or something, but his selection of points was so fucking weird. Like, like one of my points I think I made, he was suddenly like, uh, went into some weird detour about doge being a good learning experience for someone new in crypto or something i was like what the fuck you know what i mean do you remember that safi it was like yeah yeah, yeah. Learn, da, 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 da. and i was like what the and then he just like pivoted completely into some bitcoin thing and then like financial freedom and, like we're all in this together man da, da, da. did you notice how he kept saying like like every time someone would say something he'd be like well this is recorded so like i'm gonna go whatever but then i noticed that he like I, I don't know why he was saying that because there were certain things that he said where I had quite literally word for word heard him say the opposite before. Like this is a stupid example, but at the very beginning he said something and it like, I noticed it. Cause I was just like, wow, that's so like, yeah, like he's trying to like show off and he said something about a Ferrari and then somebody later was like, yeah, you and your like Ferraris or something. And he was like, I don't have a Ferrari. But he like quite literally, like maybe like 30 minutes before had said word for word, like my Ferrari. It was so bizarre. And then I also thought that um that Jess girl, it was really strange how she admitted that she was the one that like sent, like told him what was going on. And then she was like so like I don't know, maybe she like like has a crush on him or something. It was super strange how like crazy she was being. It didn't make sense. And she was weird as well because she was like saying the things that he had done. She was she was like, you hypocrites. You're so stupid. You hypocrites. And, stuff. and it's like, what the? David I'm going to warn you two right now. If you guys go into other spaces and people are making fun of you, you guys better better fucking defend yourselves. Like, like <laughs> I'm not coming in there like some sort of like, you know, white knight or some bullshit. Right? Like, we can't that, like send you the link and be like, Steffi, help. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, don't do that shit. Okay. I'm not going into any other spaces. Well. <laughs> oh, today, Sefi, there was a, it's, it's like, um, I don't know, you know, in the military when there's like a sergeant or something and he has like power over the privates and, and stuff like that. But, but at the same time, like whenever he's around the colonel, he's like really fucking like he takes orders. He does what he's told. I reckon you have something similar with like Twitter influences. I noticed that like, because David had like 700,000 followers or something, you kind of became quite subservient to him and a bit agreeable. And like, you weren't calling him out on his bullshit and you were like, David is awesome and stuff. And it's like, I had this sense that, that there's a kind of a, I don't know, like a, a military model in your head where he is like the colonel and you're the sergeant and like, yeah. You're well, gonna- it's a funny thing though. Like you, you um, like, so if you, like the thing is, if you deal with kind of like situations with like, like internet warfare, whether it's like gaming and other things, right? Like the frontal sort of like approach of just attack is not a good idea. Like it's because you just create sort of like undue, um, like it, it just creates undue attention upon yourself for no particular reason. No, I and agree. it 
it's like it's not necessary right like so it, it makes sense to kind of like yeah you know you want to approach the thing entirely different like either like, like for example if you have a vendetta right like like it's one of those things where it's like you know you have a much more long game than this kind of like shenanigans right like so yeah so yeah, like yeah. Yeah, like it's uh, and it's and it's one of those things where it's like more stealth at that point if you really care. Like, you, but I don't really care enough to like create some sort of drama, right? So it you're saying you eventually plan to like finish him off, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Ted Bundy idea. You're saying like yeah, no, like I agree. Like I think most people's way of handling conflict is really fucking stupid. Like what I try and do is like I don't know. Like I think I'm like kind of on a personality level just incapable of taking anything too seriously. So like, even when I'm kind of like, even at the start, when I was like, fucking around, like David is a stupid guy and stuff. It was, it was all just like bullshit, really. Like oh, it you, oh, speaking of which, oh, so yeah, you know what, you know, when this happened, remember when, um, like I post, like I posted something about Cardano, it was like sometime, uh, earlier last year, right? I said something like, oh, look, your chart doesn't look so hot, blah, blah, blah. Right. So like, like, uh, you know, and, uh, so, you know, from that, remember, like the entire like freaking Cardano army showed up, right? Like literally, Charles Hoskinson is uh, basically like like posting at some nobody in the internet, like blah blah blah, this and that. And then when Luna crashed, right? The funniest thing is like all these people came back saying, "Look, we told you so." Like you know, blah blah. blah. <laughs> like and Charles Hoskins is like doing a "told you so" on me. It was hilarious. I thought it was kind of interesting how, like, like what do you have nothing better to do than like fuck around? I'm just playing on the internet, right? Like, mm. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I like it when, like, when you listen to some of these arguments in Twitter space and stuff, there is a sense that a lot of people are very, get very fucking contracted and angry and stuff. They lose their sense of lightness. Do you know what I mean? Some people go way too far with it. They get too invested. Like, there's clearly a huge amount of, like, their, their self-identity and stuff in the thing. And it becomes a bit ugly. So I like, I like kind of channeling that, that intensity, but at the same time making it absurd. Like at the same, like for instance, if, if David something says something bad about Do Kwon, I might argue like passionately that he's autistic or something. Do you know what I mean? I might like, <laughs> yeah, I caught that. That's funny. And and he goes, oh whoa, I didn't mean to like make fun of autistic people. Oh whoa, you know, like it was, it was a weird sort of like recoil he had. There. That was the point as well. It's like, it's like if you're gonna have a stance on something, like like be nice to women. I'm gonna kind of construct an argument out of thin air, which is like be nice to autistic people and just plan that in. Cause it's really fucking funny for me to say in the first place, but at the same time, it like hooks into your brain in a way that you need to adopt that stance as well. If you're going to like maintain congruence over time, like it's, it's a funny thing. Thanks for checking out another episode of the ether. That was a CFI space part one of two of the when full moon Luna Lunk and Adam astrology chart recorded on Friday, September 9th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. In the darkest of times, when the phoenix arises out of the ashes like some burned up papyrus, open the sarcophagus and release the virus. Got a lump in your throat like tonsillitis. When the flags go up like everyone is righteous, spending government checks sniffing up the white dust. The previous generation wants to be just like us. Fuck that shit, I'm trying to be like Mike was. Drop the bias and you might survive this. The mummy coming through to remind your highness. I might just buy up my own fucking eye. Island. Build a little bunker, then wait for the timer. Countdown to zero, day exploiting. Every exploit in your internet sex toys in emitting vibrations through the ether. Did you just come? Me either.
were lost at the right time Blindly following stars in the night sky Part of me might ride away with the prize fight Man versus everything else until the time's right Unleash the Kraken, no wait, that was crack Fuck now, everybody feeling all amped up Fucking like bunnies to the national anthem Ugly little shits eating up all our rhythm Mishandling the captions, who has the answer? Holding our attention for ransom Fed up with all the red tape and the boring template Like it matters if it's a blue or red state Charged every month and we can't even cancel Feeling distressed? Fuck it, kill the damsel Fuck yeah, spread it like we're on some undead shit And pass the bitch around like a meme from Reddit In the beginning it was suggested that the mortality rate would be 5% And the numbers are so much higher We're not ready for the next epidemic so if your oxygen level falls too low and it cannot be kept up with just what we call nasal cannulas or rebreathing oxygen masks, if you can't get enough oxygen from that, then they will intubate the, the patient. Terrible spaces.